Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's show was recorded on May the 16th, 2017. I'm your host, gaming psychologist, and with me, as always, the background track to my soundtrack. Oh my, caffeine rage. On today's show, we will of course be discussing the games that we played. Alan Wake is, has been pulled from digital storefronts. Prey will not receive a demo on PC. Valve makes some changes to trading cards. We'll have our weekly community quarter, which has a Fonzie. Hey! From someone that I know in real life. And we also will have our that weekly poor, discovery. Poor person. <laughs> Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. How are you today, Rach? Uh, doing all right. I'm uh, actually uh, in the very, very early parts of my day because prepping for next week. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it shouldn't uh, impact the uh, recording next week of the show. If 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 I'm uh, too much of a grumpy pants, I will just you know say put out a uh, Franken episode and be done with it. Yeah, and you've definitely earned a Franken episode on your behalf. What with all of my being gone's and reschedulings and things, you've deserved your own break. Yeah, uh, considering how often I've played hurt. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, I'm feeling pretty swell. I mean, we got a later start than I actually intend us to, but there really is, like, nothing in the news this week, so we had to spend a long time figuring out what we were going to do with the show. But this is the first week that we're recording at our new recording time, which is 9.30 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Actually, it's daylight time. Is it Eastern Daylight Time now? Yes. Whatever. It's GMT (laughs) minus four. Hey, that's important to uh, for uh, international listeners. It is. It is. Um... Uh, of course, uh, you know, in uh, the winter time, it uh, doesn't really matter because, you know, that's standard time, but eh. Yeah. But anyway, so I'm a little bit little bit more fresh than uh, than I have been, so I'm Yes, you have been. <laughs> oh, 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 you mean you're awake. Yeah, I'm a little more a little more awake than I have been in the past, so I'm uh, looking forward to tonight. Plus, we're we're much more settled in our house this week. Um we're getting we're getting ever closer to having things roughly done. I ordered a bunch of stuff on Amazon uh, yesterday for my office, and then a few other things. Like I told you, I ordered a, a new SSD for my laptop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my my hard drive is is failing. It's uh, it failed all of the smart tests. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna pull off all of the data off it preemptively. In other words, then, it's uh, uh, the perfect voter. <laughs> Oh, you. <laughs> what can I say? I, I, I had one of those moments where I got just enraged yesterday reading the news. Yeah, yeah, I felt that way the last <laughs> few days. Um, but anyway, so I uh, ordered a bunch of new stuff for the office. I'm gonna have three PCs set up in here. I've already got two set up. One's my main rig, and then. I've got my render machine set up now on my desk instead of on a shelf. Um, <coughs> okay, uh, sorry. Yeah. Don't die on me, buddy. Um, but I've already no, got that's one next of them. week. I've got my render machine set up, and then I ordered a couple of new hard drives to go into my server machine, uh, or my home server machine. So, yeah, this is going to be gonna be fancy. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with this PC, though. It's fucking huge. This is like a full... ATX tower. Wait, who's huge? Oh, besides you. 
But um, <laughs> but this is a full size ATX tower. Uh, I got it from my dad's office because um, he replaced a bunch of his PCs, and so it's meant to be a server computer, anyways. And so I've re- been rebuilding the guts in it over the past few months, just like a part here, a part there, that sort of thing. Um, so it's going to be a nice home server computer. And I can finally get all of these external hard drives off my desk and free up a little more space to put, I don't know, some more shit that's just going to take up that space. (laughs) But I'm going to build like a little tower to hang all of my headsets off of, and that's probably where that's going to go. Going to be, going to be handy. Make something out of, out of wood with tools and then it'll look like shit. So I'll throw it away and buy something. Just uh, well, if you need something to, uh, to hang your headset on, just get a banana holder. No, no, that that not that type of banana holder. The the type for the produce. Yeah, no, I I thought about that, and I also thought about getting one of those coffee cup stands that you can put like you know four or six coffee cups on. Because uh, I mean, I've got multiple headsets that I use for different things for different computers and devices, and so I just wanted to have one central place to put them all. And I was like, hey, it actually might look okay if I put a stand and put everything on my desk in one place. Just get a coat rack and just hang it low on the <laughs> wall. <laughs> I I considered that too, but I wanted it to sit on my desk because I'm putting some shelves up above my desk uh, to put a combination of work stuff and other like decorations. Like I have my own corner of the office that I can decorate with nerdy things. So all that shit I've got that's been sitting in boxes for god years at this point is going to have a home again it's going to have a home again on the shelf i am throwing away some stuff i used to keep a lot of stuff that i'm like yeah it's just garbage or clutter now but in other words uh uh, throw away you mean i'm going to get a box in the mail about two months if you want it if you have something interesting i don't know i've got a bunch of old nintendo stuff back when i used to be a bigger nintendo fan than i am now and i'm probably going to get rid of most of that i think i'm going to keep all the plushies because they're cute, and I like cute things, but most of the rest of my Nintendo paraphernalia I'll probably get rid of. Hmm. And I'll, have to, all- I'll have to, uh, well, virtually pick through it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. When I get it all out, I'll take some pictures. I've oh, also ah. got, like, uh, all my Halo stuff, and I'm going to get rid of some of that stuff. I'm not as big a Halo fan as I used to be. I'm just more interested in the... Oh, don't worry, I'm not either. Uh, not as well. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get to that soon. <laughs> but so yeah, yeah, I got it all figured out. I need a I need a bigger and a better desk. My desk got damaged a little bit in the move, so I need a new one, bigger, better. Why don't you get one of those fancy standing desks and never use that uh, for each of it? I actually would love to have a standing desk. Um, I stand up all the time at my office at work. Uh, because I have a desk that's that's like two levels. Um, I don't know why it's that way, but I usually <laughs> set my laptop on the top level. Because I've got like the you know your standard office computer. That well, I've seen the fancy ones that offices. you press the button and it has all the hydraulics that just go and it raises yeah. up. No, yeah, no, I, uh, I would that love would one not of those. work for me because well, one, I'm lazy and I just sit down all the time. Uh, but two, uh, you have to wire things a certain way, and I would be afraid that, you know, I would hit that, uh, and it would start to go up, and I didn't have enough slack in my monitor, so my monitor just it slowly tilts back. <laughs> yeah. 
Sometimes, actually, I stand up in here and play video games. I'll just tilt my monitor screen as far back as it'll go. And, uh, it, you know, it's only games I'm playing with a controller. There's no way I can do keyboard and mouse like that. without. At least with that attitude. But I've, uh, I've played a lot of a lot of games standing up at my desk. Because I sit all day. I mean, my job is to sit. And now I sit and drive around all day. So I take any opportunity I can to stretch my legs. I stood up for like two hours today doing paperwork at the office. Which is when I had that conversation with Amy, which we'll get to in Community Corner. Yeah, you found Amy. Yeah, not that one. <laughs> Although, the similarities in lifestyle are very striking. It might be that one, and she's just in disguise. Hiding from Biff. <laughs> she feared for her life should she uh, escaped to Japan and went to the United States. And we did have one very long conversation once about what it's like to be a therapist and do therapy, and she was very interested, so maybe she... <laughs> She changed her career path. <laughs> I think I was still in grad school when we had that conversation, too. It's been a couple of years ago now since Kerbalcast has, has gone the way of the dodo. Well, uh, simple. Just uh, next time you see her, walk up and uh, say, Homer, to your mobile. And if there's any response other than, what? <laughs> then, uh, you know, it's the, the, it's the, it's the uh, code phrase to, you know, uh, Amy, is that you? I, I mean, Amy, Amy? <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask her. I really will next time I see her in the office. But, uh, yeah, so somehow let's let's just go talk about games. Rach, what games did you play this week? Uh, well, uh, I've got three this week. Uh, let's start off with the Sunday Sampler. Dead Cells, a 2D Metroidvania roguelite, or roguelvania, I think they were calling it. And Roglevania. <laughs> okay. And Sorry. If, and, if, and if I listen closely, I think I could hear you immediately lose interest. Is this what it's like whenever... Uh, is this what the sound that you hear whenever you start talking about uh, Factorio? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. <laughs> when you said Metroidvania, Roglevania, my brain just went, that's fucking stupid. Uh, it's one of those... And then turn I could, off. I could definitely see where they're coming from, but I... Definitely uh, disagree with uh, calling it a Metroidvania roguelite because it does have the playstyle of a Metroidvania style game, but one of the key aspects of the Metroidvania genre was a huge sprawling map, and as you progress through it, you unlock various upgrades or various power-ups depending on the particular game that you're playing, and it unlocked new portions of the map that you could go explore. Well, this, it's the combat style. It's a 2D uh, uh, action RPG, or action uh, platformer, I guess is the proper term for it. And as you progress, it, it has very small levels for a Metroidvania-style game, and you unlock permanent upgrades. So technically, it does have feel uh, it does feel that uh, a particular niche or that particular aspect of metroidvania but it's on different runs so it's one of those things that i don't agree with uh, how they're categorizing it in principle (laughs) just just because i'm a stickler for that i guess but it's well they also uh i i've just uh, lost you on this but i'm gonna win someone else on this they also mentioned uh combat being very dark souls like 
And if you listen closely, you could hear Kyle perk up. (laughs) (laughs) And I could definitely see that because it's a a very deliberate combat. I won't say that it's sluggish or slow like Dark Souls is. Or, or, you know, it has that weight behind it. But I definitely see how it's uh, very deliberate. How you have to approach uh, different enemies in a certain way. So I definitely get that aspect of it. And I actually like that aspect, which makes me think that maybe I would like Dark Souls if it wasn't, you know, Dark Souls and I got burnt out on it just by listening to people uh, talk about it. Uh, but it, Dead Cells is one of those games that it's, well, it's in very early access right now. It's going to go through about a year's worth of early access and I got a review copy very early in the run of it. So uh, there's definitely a lot of room for it to improve, but so far, it's actually really good. And, and and I could actually hear the shock because I was, I think you were expecting me to start uh, just ragging on this game. Not really. I mean, I was expecting you to go, it's really good, but I wasn't hearing anything from you that was going to make you say, and this game is a huge steaming pile of turds. No, that's the next one on my list. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, uh, there's, it's definitely very light in content still there, or at least so far. Uh, granted, it, my, my biggest uh, comparison I could give to this is Rogue Legacy, where it's an action uh, platformer uh, in a uh, constantly changing castle. Actually, this is a castle as well. So the uh, comparison to Rogue Legacy is a lot more appropriate than you may expect. Uh, but the difference between this and Rogue Legacy is that you could grind out the upgrades a lot easier because in Rogue Legacy you have the essentially the starting village and when you go in you're you have to either use all your gold or you lose it that's it and this you get through the first level which is actually fairly simple after a couple of runs just to you know get a feel for it and also getting through it the first time you uh, pretty much immediately unlock an, uh, a health file that allows you to heal once per level and there's also various little things which uh, help you with health, which I'll get to in just a moment. And as you're cl- killing enemies, you collect dead cells, huh? hence the name, I guess. And you spend those on the upgrades. And the upgrades are a bit more grinding than what Rogue Legacy is, just because you know it's the different way that they're handling it. But it also makes it so that, okay, I had a bad run. I lose all my progress because I didn't get enough gold. Instead... I didn't have a great run. I only killed a few enemies, but I could still put a little bit forward. So it feels a lot more satisfying to me. Okay. Okay, and the health system is also interesting. Uh, this is very Dark Souls-like, where only a few hits will kill you. Uh, as a matter of fact, on my video I did of this, I got pinned against the wall by a uh, shield guy, and he killed me in like three or four hits. But it's also, everything telegraphs their moves. And it doesn't feel like there's any dick moves, really. There, well, uh, I should say unfair moves. Yes, there are dick moves in the game, but it's one of those things that if you know how to counter them or know what the enemy does, then it's not really a dick move. It's just, you know, that Dark Souls aspect of knowing your enemy. So uh, how the health works is that Okay, you get hit and you lose a quarter of your health. Well, you don't immediately lose that. Well, you do immediately lose that, but you also uh, start to slowly lose your uh, potential uh, health that you could have. And as you hit enemies, your current health refills back to that potential. 
So let's say I get hit by an enemy. I lose a quarter of my health. I go from full to 75%. Well, my potential health uh, showing on the orange bar, I'm not sure what they actually call it because there's it's a, still in very early access. So it has no tutorial. It has very basic uh, stuff in it still. So, But it starts slowly going down from you know 100% to 75 But as I hit enemies, my current health refills back up to that potential. So if I'm quick and I have a uh, weapon that uh, does a lot of damage very quickly, I could go, instead of losing down to 75%, up to, let's say, 80-85%. So it does reward you for uh, doing a lot of damage, but occasionally getting hit, uh, playing a little bit more risky than what a Dark Souls game would otherwise allow you to do so. And there's also little things. There's uh, the, it's a roguelike game, so there's uh, hidden things that you could uh, get. There's uh, runes in the walls that if you hit them, you'll um, maybe get some extra gold. Which actually, the shops are very infrequent in this game, which is a little strange for a roguelike game. And also, uh, you typically want to hold on to a particular weapon, uh, uh, particularly if you've upgraded a lot, because that's just how the game goes. And all the weapons have various uh, modifiers on them as well. So I could get a blood sword that deals t- uh, twice as much damage, but also take as much uh, twice take twice as much damage. So if I see that, well, the blood sword may be upgraded quite a bit, but I may not want to take that because you know it's going from uh, four or five hits down to two or three that I could take before dying. You know that double-edged sword, essentially, if you pardon the term of phrase. Right? Nope. I got gotcha. you. So there's uh, that aspect of the shop may be useful, but then it may not. And also there's curses that you could get. There's uh, uh, scattered throughout the world occasionally. Uh, there's chests, and there's a cursed chest, and there's non-cursed chests. Cursed chests are just, you know, free loot. Uh, but the cursed chest will give you a curse on you, hence the name. Uh, and, uh, it'll be, well, at least so far, uh, on my couple hours of playing, uh, you, uh, uh take up, uh, you pick up this, uh, item from the cursed chest, which is usually a very good item, you know, they have to, uh, bait you into it, and you have to kill a certain amount of enemies without getting hit at all. You turn into a one-hit, uh, death, and it's one of those things that it rewards someone that's very, very good at the game. But I'm not good enough at it. <laughs> right. And you could also get the curse. There's uh, scattered throughout the world. There's uh, uh, essentially toll doors. You know, a door that, uh, you know, you need a thousand gold or three thousand gold or however much that's blocking off an item. That uh, if you, you could pay the toll or you could just break down the door and also get a uh, curse on you, which is the same thing. Uh, getting hit once kills you. It's uh, very interesting. If you like Dark Souls, I think you would like this, uh, particularly if you don't mind the roguelike aspects or roguelite aspects of it. It also has a branching path system, which is interesting. As you uh, work through the game, uh, and particularly after you get a couple power-ups, these runes that are the permanent upgrades that I was talking about, I've only gotten one out of... Well, the menu looks like it has room for four, maybe five uh, permanent upgrades. Uh, that unlocks different uh, abilities. I got the ability to grow this vine out of the ground and climb up to a different area of the map. Well, up there was also a path to a different level. 
So it branches off from the main path into this alternate uh, route that also has different enemies. It also drops different blueprints, which I actually didn't talk about the blueprints in the upgrade system. Essentially, enemies have a chance to drop a blueprint so that once you get to the upgrade screen, which is in between every level, so uh, if you uh, get one in the second level, you have to finish the second level, otherwise you lose the blueprint, which is part of the roguelite aspects of it. Uh, and then you spend the dead cells to unlock that item. And usually it's not very expensive. You could get it if you dedicate everything in a couple of runs. But anyway, uh, in order to unlock everything, you have to take these different paths, which require you to get the different upgrades. And also, uh, the different paths are also different difficulties. So the uh, hidden sewers may be more difficult than the ramparts, for example. I haven't played enough of it to really... Uh, get a feel of what's more difficult per se, just what's more difficult for my particular builds or how I pl- or how I have my run going. But it's uh, been a very good game. It's one to actually keep an eye on. Okay. Uh, especially if... You know, it's it's one of those th- games that's in a lot of different niches that uh, if, you are, if you're a fan of the Metroidvania-style games, I think you'd love this. Even if you completely ignore the roguelite aspects of it, because there's a lot of exploration on it, and it feels like an, uh, the old... Uh, I, I want to say Castlevania games, but I never played enough of them to really get a good feel of those. But that style of game, and it l- looks absolutely beautiful. It, has it does have really a nice good, art style. It has some really, really good pixel art on it, and a lot of really good effects to it. Uh, as you're going through the level, your character casts off light to let you see a little bit better. And just going yeah. through the doorways, you can see how the light changes uh, on the levels, which is a nice little touch. Something that I don't think a lot of pixel art games really focus on is just the different lighting aspects and the different effects. And that's something that just is really shines, if, once again, pardon the turn of phrase in this. <laughs> gotcha. You know, I'm going to... Well, are, are you finished before I butt in and uh, hijack well, this for a moment? Yeah, yeah. or you could uh, ask me a couple questions about it. I don't I don't have any questions to ask you about the game. <laughs> That's why I said hijack this for a moment. Okay. Um, you've been talking about Dark Souls a lot, and I've never I've liked... Never, yeah, I've never played Dark Souls that much. I've watched a fair amount of it, uh, particularly because I had a friend that just was obsessive about it. Yeah, I've never gotten into Dark Souls. I've played Dark Souls 1 and 2. I've never really gotten into them or liked them very much. Have you seen The Surge? Yes, I have. The Surge actually... It looks it looks very interesting, and they do some really uh, interesting stuff on it. I really want to play it, because it's... I mean, most people are saying it's roughly a sci-fi Dark Souls. And I'm like, all right, I'm in. I'm down for sci-fi anything. Yeah, maybe it's I'm, just... Uh... Uh, some of the different aspects of Dark Souls. Maybe it's just you know, I need the different theme of it. Yeah, and also yeah, I, mean, I, I don't think I really care for the idea that uh, you know a, a you know multi a forced multiplayer come in and dick with you. Uh, that doesn't yeah. sound appealing to me. Well, dark the the sort of Dark Souls like really hard but fair games are sort of becoming a genre on their own. Yeah, and so I'm really happy to see some things that might be appealing to me in that genre. And I want to give Kyle some homework and anyone else who listens that's a big fan of Dark Souls take a look at this game because. I trust your opinions more than I trust some random person on the internet. Well, uh, uh, Total Biscuit had a very, very uh, long uh, uh, video on the surge uh, pretty recently. 
Okay, I didn't see that, but I've been way behind on my YouTube stuff, so that's probably why. Um, but still, I'd love to hear from Kyle or anyone else in our audience who's a big Dark Souls fan. Just take a look at this game for me and tell me, like, is this a sci-fi Dark Souls, or is there more to it? And obviously, you know, I don't expect you to buy it, but, you know, watch some footage or something and give me a few minutes worth of your opinion. Because I'm, I'm seriously interested in buying this game, but I don't want to, like, step into it without knowing what it is. Well, I'm far too cheap to buy it for for 50 bucks. I'm just going to wait for it to go on sale. Yeah. Yeah. I'll probably wait for it to go on sale regardless, but if this is what I think it is, I'd pay 20 or 30 bucks for it, no problem. So, all right, I'm done hijacking. I just, like, <laughs> Dark Souls kept coming up, and I looked, I was like, well, well, that's, there's this game well, I want to mention. Well, that's because uh, it's, this, it's that particular feel of combat, you know, that uh, you only have a couple hits, and uh, there's a... Uh, well, it's not really in this particular game, but there's a certain weight of the combat. Uh, how uh, uh, A more uh, deliberate combat. I don't want to call it slow, per se, because Dark Souls uh, definitely isn't slow, but it's deliberate. Right. Which are two very different things. Yeah, I know what you mean. Everything is very purposeful, and there are... You know, like, whenever you do something, you commit to it. Yeah. Yeah, so. and that's that is in this game where uh, you uh, have a window where you're uh, vulnerable after you attack, and there's also a dodge roll that is like in Dark Souls, where uh, there's an invincibility window in the in the dodge roll. Uh, granted, I'm not sure if that's like that in Dark Souls. I do know that rolling is very important in Dark Souls, though, assuming that you know you have a character built for it, because I know uh, locking is also very important as it is in this game if you're built for it. So it's one of those things that uh, it, it's definitely inspired a little bit by the combat, but I would say more of the inspiration is uh, from uh, games like Rogue Legacy and, uh, well, really the Rogue Light genre in general, and of course Metroidvania. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, so moving swiftly along, we, uh, well, well uh, I shouldn't say we, uh, I had a. Uh, uh, run with a dirt rally over the weekend. I had a free weekend uh, over the weekend, so I decided to uh, try it out because I really like racing games. I no idea why. It's just one of those things. I uh, racing games I could uh, just kind of chill out and play. And a uh, dirt rally, I didn't really enjoy my time with it, and I think it's because of my setup. It. Dirt Rally is a simulation game. There's really no way around it. It's not as strong as a simulation, I would say, as something like Gran Turismo. It's still a little bit more on the arcade side where you're not uh, tuning the individual gear ratios. You're more of the overall gears uh, and that sort of thing. And uh, the feel of the game is a lot more Gran Turismo than it is the previous Dirt Rally or Dirt uh, games in the Dirt series. And I didn't really care for it because I don't have a wheel. I was trying to play this with a gamepad, and it felt like trying to play the older Dirt games with a keyboard and mouse. It, everything was just way too twitchy, which was disappointing for me because I really wanted to like this game. Yeah, you're a big fan of, of the Dirt series. I mean, I, I like the Dirt games, but I would say that you particularly enjoy them. Yeah, I like that style of racing. I like... well. I, Honestly, more prefer the rally crawl style with an occasional rally game. 
Uh, but, uh, so that it wasn't quite for me, but then again, there was Rally Cross in this as well. It's just whenever the Dart series throws in some stupid game mode, like the Jim Connor events or the drifting modes or whatever, it's just whenever I just don't care for them. But this, like I said, it's just way too twitchy with a, uh, a controller, which was disappointing for me. Uh, have you played Dart Rally? No, I have not. Uh, are you a fan of racing games at all? Oh, dude, I love racing games. Haven't we had this conversation before? <laughs> yeah. but I'm much more of a sim racer. Well, I think you'd love Dart Rally then. Yeah, I like. Uh, I play Gran Turismo and Forza. Like, I mean, they're my jam. Yeah, Dirt uh, is. Uh, it's one of those games that if you just playing it, you could feel the difference between a sim game and a in an arcade game. Just uh, mostly in the way the car moves, uh, in the how the uh, weight uh, gets uh, distributed in the car. Yeah. And uh, after, like, the second turn, uh, trying to take it in this game, it's like, okay, this is definitely a lot stronger on the sim side of things. And it's just, my my setup was just not built for it. Which I'm really disappointed in. Uh, Green, I think I could get into this game if I spent enough time with it and it was a free weekend, so I wouldn't have enough time in it to begin with. But it's one of those things that, Okay, this would require a, an investment of a wheel and uh, getting set up with that, it, spending time to actually learn a sim game, and I just, I'm not that committed to it. Yeah. You know, I should really buy a racing wheel. <laughs> well, I used to have one a long time ago, but... Well, Katie, uh, Katie's going to hate me now because you're going to spend a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah, good ones, <laughs> two or three hundred bucks. I'll put that on the wish list. Maybe someone will buy it for me for Christmas or something. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't mind getting a racing wheel. I think I would more rather have a flight yoke, though. And uh, get into flight sims. And uh, once again, you could hear Kyle perk up. Yeah. I need a HOTAS, too. Because <laughs> uh, I've just got a, well, if you're a into standard that sort of joystick. Thing. Oh, I am. Yeah, uh, my joystick uh, died on me uh, whenever I moved it. Well, it was dead beforehand, but I just hadn't used it in ages. Which yeah. Is, I know, it sounds like a personal problem. Uh, but the potentiometer in it was shot, and I looked into it to try to see, you know, could I replace this? Because I knew what the part was. I knew uh, uh, the problem with it. But because of the mount in it, uh, it I just couldn't replace it. I I lost a probably a sixty or seventy dollar joystick because of a fifty cent part in it. <laughs> oh, that sucks. And granted, if I had a three D printer, I could probably have fixed it. But you know, it's just one of those things that uh, I just don't have access to those particular tools. Right. But we're way off course, aren't we? <laughs> we are. We are. <laughs> we're gonna get a time penalty. That's all right. But yeah, outside of the sim aspect, uh, Dirt Rally is actually a very beautiful game. Uh, a lot of uh, attention to detail. Granted, it's probably my biggest complaint about it, uh, art-wise, is uh, the same problem that a lot of games have, is that you know, there's just not a lot of uh, things on the side of the road, because they focus so much on the uh, the road, so it doesn't feel like you're at a racing event. You know, uh, at a racing event, you'll have a lot of people on the side of the road. You'll have uh, things on the side of the road. But in this, you know, it's uh, like you're almost in a post-apocalyptic world where everyone's dead. 
you're still racing for some reason. And that's a problem with the racing genre in general, really. Either you have, you know, uh, just essentially cardboard cutouts in the uh, side of the road, little dots in the stand, or, you know, there's no one there. I think that's going to be the next big uh, thing for the racing genre because they're really at the point where uh, the art can't get much better on the cars. The world is pretty much there. I think it's going to be uh, the uh, set dressing next. Yeah, the most recent couple of Forza games have done some things to to help with that, like having uh, interactive track elements is the wrong way to say it, but things that you can see and change dynamically as you drive around and not just weather, but crowds are still very lacking. I don't know why that's so hard to do a good crowd. Uh I think it would be more the fact that, you know, it's essentially a waste of resources or for most people. Yeah. Particularly on consoles, because most of my racing experience is from playing on consoles, so that could be one of the big problems. Yeah, and that uh, you don't have a lot of horsepower to uh, spare. And yeah. whenever they do have the spare power, they'll use it to add another lighting effect or add a little bit more smoke on the track or a little bit more dirt on the track. Yeah, cars have been beautiful for a long time in games. I mean, cars, have been, like, cars have been passable for uh, a long time in games. Cars I, are really easy to do, though. Yeah, yeah, cars are a very basic model. You don't need a lot of polygons on them. And then it really comes down to the damage modeling than anything else. Yeah. <laughs> That's where a lot of the uh, art goes into a car. Yep. I guess think but. about it. A car is usually, well, either one color or just a set uh, liberty, uh, liberty. And it's just... Uh, that's it. You don't really have to worry about much else. The lighting effects on, that's pretty much you're done. Yeah. So. By the way, I just added a $350 racing wheel to my Amazon wish list. I'm not getting that for you. With a clutch pedal and a gear shifter. Oh, my. Yep. Are you going to uh, get the racing chair as well? Uh, maybe next time. <laughs> uh I'm trying to think of anything else that uh, uh, really uh, stands out in Dirt Rally. There's a lot of team, uh, of team management that I wish were in the previous games. Uh, as you race, your team levels up and uh, gets a little bit better. And I think that would also improve uh, your car uh, in the long run. Oh, one thing that was interesting was the uh, repair system in the game. Uh, as you uh, race, you naturally have wear and tear, particularly if you run into a barrier at 120 miles an hour. Right. And uh, in between uh, races and in between heats, or at least uh, the rally cross, in between uh, stages for the rally section where it's, you know, you racing against the clock, going barreling down a, a dirt road at 70 miles an hour. Well, you have an hour worth of time. And you can uh, set the uh, game to, okay, well, focus on, uh, you know, getting the engine out of the uh, driver's compartment. <laughs> uh, and uh, anything that you don't have time for, you know, uh, builds up that damage. So it's one of those things that it's a very uh, simulation-based uh, uh, repair system where, okay, well, you may not have time to repair all the lights on your car, so, you know, you may go into a night track with only a few lights 
or you know, yeah, yeah it's an, a night track, so you need to work on getting the bodywork fixed and getting the lights uh, repaired, and your brakes may be a little bit uh, more wear and tear. That's nice. I really like that idea. Yeah, I like that idea, and also the the team management in general, where uh, you could hire uh, different crew chiefs and different uh, engineers and mechanics to improve uh, different aspects of the car, and also as they level up, uh, those stats also improve, but it allows you to uh, really focus. So, okay, uh, let's say I wanted to focus more on rally cross uh, than rally, which would be stupid in this game because it seems like rally cross is kind of the secondary thing, but yeah, uh, you could uh, build out a, uh, a team that has a lot more experience with rally cross and a lot more experience with shorter tracks. So, your repairs are a lot better because you're going to take a lot more damage because, you know, you're uh, doing a pit maneuver and someone doing uh, 50 miles an hour. <laughs> hey, Rubin's racing, right? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but that uh, different aspect of the game, I really like the management style of it where you could uh, fine-tune your team. And that's something that the Dirt Sail series, at least what I've played of it, hasn't really uh, been there. There's been uh, team management overall and getting different deals and stuff, uh, different uh, sponsors, but there hasn't been anything of this detail. And I hope that the next Dirt game, that if assuming that it goes back more to the arcade style that I can actually play with a controller, uh, has this system in it. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, I'm surprised that you didn't try Dirt Rally over the weekend. I didn't. I didn't even notice that it was up for a free weekend, honestly. I guess like I'm going to have to tell you whenever there's a uh, free weekend. I'm a, I'm a much bigger fan. I mean, you know, Rally and Rallycross and all that's okay. I'm a much bigger fan of GT racing so uh, and things like that. So, so I, you'd, I tend to... uh, you'd prefer more of uh, Grid than Dirt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love Grid. I've played through Grid 1 and 2 uh, before and... A lot, and like I said, uh, I played what about, a ton of Forza. Uh, what was it, Super Sport, or uh, there was a another uh, grid game? Another grid game? Yeah, Super Sport. Uh, there was a, another grid game after two that uh, because uh, 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 the big thing was that two didn't have the in car camera. Yeah, I can't do that. I have to do be in car. The only racing game I've, I've played in the last 15 years that I haven't done the in-car view was Test Grid Autosport. And it's because that was terrible. Uh, yeah, Grid Autosport. Uh, I, I I don't really race in-car in often. If I do the car cameras, it'll be the uh, either the hood or the uh, uh, roof cam. Uh, but Grid 2 didn't have the in-car camera at all. And Grid uh, Autosport... Uh, has it where it, they have you focused on the road if you're in car, so it has a blur on the uh, dashboard, which just feels awful. That's stupid. Yeah, let's see. Why would there be a blur on the dashboard? It's moving at the same speed you are. It's no, no, relative no, no, no. to it's, you. It's stationary. It's, it's meant so that you're focusing on the. Oh, like uh, tunnel vision. Uh, yeah, yeah, tunnel vision. Uh, I'm seeing if there's. A, a screenshot here somewhere, and I don't see it. Uh, I'm going to have to... I, I need you to see this. Uh, grid Autosport. Grid Autosport and Car View. There should be something here. Uh, oh, oh, here's a good example of it. 
this I think is undoctored. All right, I'm just gonna. Uh, hopefully, this is a crash Skype one if I send you a link. Oh, that actually kind of hurt hurts my eyes to stare at it. Uh, here's another example. As a matter of fact, uh, the the gauges do not move, which is also terrible. Yeah, that is terrible. I mean, look at the uh, speedometer in the middle of the second one. Yeah, it's all the way down at zero. Never mind the fact that the uh, HUD uh, one shows 201 kilometers an hour. Yeah. It's like, what, 120 miles an hour? 125 miles an hour? Uh, I think so. But yeah, it's... Grant, it wouldn't really affect me that much because I don't play in that particular view usually. But, yo, it's terrible. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I think they got some really uh, bad reviews because of it. Well, yeah, I mean, car fans like that kind of stuff. No, uh, I Grid fell off my radar a long time ago. I played Grid 1 all the way. And I played Grid 2 a bit on Xbox yeah, 360. Yeah, Grid 2 wasn't nearly as satisfying as Grid 1. Yeah, and it wasn't as good, so I didn't play it a whole lot. Yeah, I played. I think I played that one on a free weekend as well, just to get a feel for it. And was it terrible? I think it's one of those games that I would probably pick up if it goes on deep discount. Maybe next time I will, because I am looking for another racing game. Or I could just, you know, get back and play the ones I have. And that's the thing is that I never really sat down and uh, mastered the racing. Uh, I'll play through once and then play a few races over and over again. But I just don't like sitting down and playing you know, the same race over and over and over again and getting that master lo- mastery level, you know? Yeah, I understand that. Was it Grid 2 or Grid Autosport that had essentially almost a roguelite element to it for one of the races where they would have chunks of the road and they would uh, essentially create a new race for a mode? Oh. Does that sound familiar to you? That does not, so... Okay, so probably Grid Autosport. Yeah, probably. Uh, Okay. Well, uh, are you ready to move on to your last game? I think so. Uh, I'm really stretching out my games I played this week, aren't I? You are, you are. We've met (laughs) our entire expected time on your games. Uh, So should I just skip this next one and be done with it? (laughs) I mean, if you really want to skip it, you can, but... No, that's teasing you. Okay. Okay, I think I'm dropping this game from my uh, uh, channel, so it's time to start talking about Halo Combat Evolved again. Okay. Oh, this is one of those games... Maybe this is an example of you can't go back. Because there's a lot of just little design decisions that I absolutely hated on this game. Particularly, some of the almost feels like random deaths that I've had. Okay. Well, let's put it this way. Uh, on the, I want to say the second or third episode, I think it kind of set the theme of it where I died because one of the Marines behind me got shot as he was throwing a grenade and blew me up. That sucks. Uh, the last episode I did, I died because I was, uh, uh, I was trying to get out of a banshee and I was just skimming the ground about, oh, five feet of, in the air. And I guess I had too much horizontal velocity. So when I got out of it, it uh, said that I fell to my death. Or I, or I came around a corner and oh, there's a flood there with a fucking rocket launcher and he blew me up. Yep, that does happen. 
I mean, if I wanted to have random deaths like this, I'd be playing I Want to Be the Guy. Pulling up your most recent video to see where you are. Um, uh, I'm in the, I want to say the eighth or ninth chapter. I just, uh, had the big reveal, which, uh, yeah, was spoiled for me because, you know, it's a decade or a whole, a half old game. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going through and I'm hitting the, uh, the charge, uh, uh things in the canyons. Yeah. Uh, after uh, essentially picking up Gotorna again, which, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Okay, I'm supposed to get Cortana off the ship, so I'm just going to leave her in some random computer somewhere <laughs> for uh, yeah a few days, uh, uh, apparently. Yeah, quite a bit of time passes in the story. The which doesn't the game doesn't which, yeah which doesn't feel like. It. I mean, okay, okay, you just said that I was gone for days. How? Yeah the the game does not explain that very well in the book. The game doesn't explain anything very well. I mean, it's constantly throwing me terms. Uh, well, this is a forerunner uh, installation. Who the fuck are the forerunners? I, I, granted, I could go look that up because you know I'm in the future now. Uh, it's not like 2001 where I'm. You know, it's like okay, who the fuck is this? I could go look that up on the wiki, but that's not good storytelling. Yeah, the in it's a setting, vacuum. I, I, or... I, do, I do get that. It's setting up a lot of the universe and you know, uh, giving a lot of branching points, but that's not interesting to me. This was so. This is an in, an interesting thing that just popped into my head. Halo came out at a time when you still got decently sized manuals in the game, and a lot of stuff is actually explained in the manual. Ah, uh, like so you that get, may be my problem because you I, get the. I, I was trying to figure out. I was trying to figure out. Okay, how the hell are people supposed to know literally anything of what the fuck? I mean, it doesn't explain everything because obviously, like this game out came out and they didn't know that they were going to get uh, a what a ten game franchise and like twenty five books well, and well, all well, that well, jazz. Well, off well, the well, let's series. put it this way: I've, I've been doing a little bit of reading between episodes, and uh, the reason why it's called Halo Combat Evolved is that. They thought that the term Halo would be too generic and nobody would uh, know about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I, in the, the original game manual, it's like, I don't know, 35 or 40 pages. Yeah, maybe this is just a, a problem of you know, uh, being a, a modern gamer and going back to these games and trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Yeah, and it's so hard to, like, you know, I I told you, because we briefly talked about this before we started, and I told you, like, I wasn't going to give you any shit for not liking it. Like, you're allowed to like and dislike whatever you want, and a lot of my answers and responses to the things that you're saying, like, uh, I'm going, you know, well, in the book, or in the next game, or in the, the remaster that they did, they, you know, they fixed a lot of these problems, and added explanations to the game, like, in the remastered version of Halo Combat Evolved... Um, there the are anniversary little, edition. Yeah, the anniversary edition. There which are I'm little, not playing because you know this was the uh, edition that was able to get it a little bit easier because yeah, you can't get the Halo uh, PC version anywhere. Yeah, but there's these little terminals that you can now access that just have information, you know, lore and answers to questions and things like that that you can just grab right there on your way through. So, but you know that's not in the original edition. So. Yeah, which Maybe. also those uh, terminals are, you know, are kind of uh, are very gamey. It's uh, like, okay, so why is this here? Yeah. I'm and not if, sure why they didn't you... do something like that originally, though, because Marathon 
had some of that stuff in game explanations that you could find if you wanted to. Hell if I know. And also, it feels like the combat is. Uh, it feels like I would have a uh, be doing more damage to most of the enemies. Well, if I'm not using the shotgun or the pistol, uh, those are the two caveats. If I take off my helmet and spit at him, because at least that would be a biological fucking weapon, and that worked in War of the Worlds. <laughs> my, yeah. gun, my assault rifle has a 60-round clip of some fairly hefty uh, caliber uh, ammunition, which, Gran, how the hell are they fitting that uh, ammunition in that little clip? Hell if I know. Because, yeah, a 60-round clip should have been a lot bigger. But it takes a, a good quarter of the clip to drop even the tiniest of enemies. I mean, that's not exactly a high caliber weapon, then, is it? Yeah. What is this? Six. Uh, so <laughs> you said the assault rifle's got a pretty hefty caliber weapon. I'm like, oh, let me just go Google this, and I typed in MA5B assault rifle. And I'm like, I know what that. I know what the rifle is called specifically. Sixty-two by fifty-one millimeter full metal jacket armor-piercing rounds. That's not uh, the ammo that I was uh, expecting it to use. I was expecting it to use you know, little tiny uh, rounds, but not those. Uh, just based on the damage it does. Let's put it this way. I would expect the damage to be swapped between the pistol and the assault rifle. Yeah, the Halo, the original Halo pistol was legendarily overpowered. That and the shotgun, which, granted, the shotgun also suffers from being a video game shotgun in that if uh, if I'm uh, face-to-face to you uh, and you shoot me with the shotgun, I'm dead. If I take three steps back, oh, I take no damage. Okay, not that extreme, but still. Yeah. The, the original Halo shotgun actually was, I mean, it still suffers from being a video game shotgun, but it's definitely more effective at range than later game versions of the shotgun. So it gets worse, actually. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Uh, well, I, well, I've been looking into uh, Halo stuff because you know the game's not telling me what the fuck is going on. So you know, I gotta try to figure it out for myself. Uh, and uh, I've been reading about. Oh well, we nerfed the only good weapons in the game. Well, that doesn't make me want to play it anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the needler is that, definitely your friend in Halo One for elites I, I, and things. I don't like the the dealer mostly because one it has a lot of auto aim and usually that's not being friendly to me and also a lot of times it has that delay on it and if something's charging at me well that delay uh, got me killed at least once because yeah. I had one of the golden elites charging at me and I had the dealer out yeah and also, uh, maybe it's just the way the guns are designed, but uh, everything looks like they're designed by Nerf uh, for the Covenant. And I'm just thinking, <laughs> there there has to be a bod somewhere where the dealer starts just shooting darts. You know, Nerf darts. <laughs> I'm sure there is. I've never seen one, but I'm sure it exists. And, I'm, and I realize, you know, sci-fi weapons are, you know, tend to either fall into the Star Wars uh, blaster type uh, of uh, weapons or uh, the uh, Nerf gun. <laughs> and Halo is definitely in the Nerf gun area. And it just makes everything feel a little bit uh, less weighty than what it should be anyway. It's kind of funny how we're going back to weighty weapons. And I've realized that this is a decade and a half old game. So 
my expectations are uh, I need to temper them a little bit more uh, than uh, uh, what I would expect for a modern game but still uh, the assault rifle is just criminally underpowered yeah I'm Maybe the uh, you know, there's an inter- in universe reason for it. Maybe uh, the whoever uh, the, uh, the Earth uh, military they the just UNSC uh, United Nations Space Command. Whatever. <laughs> uh, they uh, had this inside deal, and whoever uh, provided the weapon. Uh, I'm pausing so you could uh, fill that in. Uh, actually, it's never mentioned who actually builds the guns. They're just manufactured by the UNSC or provided to them. I can tell you the in-universe reason why it's terrible, though. Low, uh, the lowest bidder. <laughs> no, it's because aliens. Like, that's literally like, yes, this assault rifle is great against human body armor. Oh, no, aliens. And then they kind of retcon it and take it away in later games and replace it with better guns and then when it comes back in Halo's 3 on it's a lot more powerful no sorry not Halo 3 Halo 4 on well let's just put it this way it doesn't matter because I can't play that on PC anyway that is true that is true but yeah it's just a bad gun it's alright for grunts and jackals and blue elites but actually it's pretty decent against the flood they're weak against bullets but yeah yeah, which honestly, though, uh, usually whenever I run into the flood, which the flood are usually more of an annoyance than anything else until, you know, one uh, hits me with a shotgun blast at point blank range because he came around the corner. And, oh, I didn't know that flood was going to be there, so I um, guess I'm reloading. Yeah. Which is incredibly frustrating. Uh, I realize it's old design, but that doesn't make it any better. <laughs> How did the scene when the flood first arrived? Because I'm behind on your video, so I haven't seen your reaction or response. The, uh, the flood uh, when initially. they first arrived, uh, when it was just the little, uh, well, let's just call them what they are, head crabs. Yeah, they're pretty much head crabs. Uh, when the head crabs showed up, yeah, they weren't bad. They, uh, uh, you know, kill a couple and the rest just pop because they have a little bit of an AOE effect to them. Yeah. Uh, then I got to the library and uh, they started to really get annoying because they had the uh, the Marines with the shotguns uh, that had been turned. They had uh, all the blasters and uh, and also the uh, well, let's just call them what they are, boomers that uh, you know come up to you and explode. Yeah, but didn't they predate boomers? Uh, I think so. I'm pretty sure they did. Uh, I'm not sure what the I mean, it doesn't really. Well, yeah. Well, it's, uh, I'm using terms that I know. Yeah, I'm no, not, that's I'm fair. not saying. I'm not saying that. Yeah, they ripped off boomers. I am saying that they ripped off head crabs, though. Oh, they totally ripped off head crabs. No, yeah, no argument for me on that one. Uh, but yeah, I'm just using the terms I know. Uh, but I've had the boomers blow me up a few times. I, uh, the big ones were, you know, just uh, getting hit by enemies that uh that had high power weapons that I had no way of knowing that they were there or just getting uh, blindsided because uh uh you know they uh, threw a grenade that I didn't see or because I didn't know they had grenades. And since they had uh since it's a flood, you know, they don't give that warning of incoming. Yeah, and there's no grenade icon either. This is before grenade icons were a thing. Yeah. And so that's, you uh, had to pay attention. Yeah and <laughs> And the thing is, if it's a, a frag grenade, you know, there's no uh, glowy splatter in the uh, on the uh, screen either. 
Nope. And just all the random deaths really soured me on the game. That and also the uh, only vehicle section I really liked was the tank. And that seems to be the one everyone hated. <laughs> I like the tank section. I, I like hate pretty much the Warhog. I love the Warthog. Uh, uh, the the Warthog feels like I'm driving a rover on Minmus. Most before people, before the traction control update for KSP. Yeah, most I loved that. I loved how slidey it was. It's less that way in future games because that was a huge complaint from a lot of people. But I always loved the original slidiness of the Warthog. The fact that I parked the Warthog and I watched it just slowly slide down the hill. Uh, just no. Yeah. I mean, I realize that the Halo, I assume it's low gravity, either that or Halo is, or, or sorry, Master Chief is really good at his hang time and he is uh, aping the Matrix. Probably the second one. Master Chief is legit. But no, the main reason I asked about the flood is just like to see what your reaction was because when I was, I mean, I played this when I was a kid. I think I was. I, I found the flood to be more of an annoyance than anything else. I think I was 10 or 11 when I played this, so not only was I a kid, but uh, it was the first time that I'd ever seen anything done this way before. And so, like, the flood, like, scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Because they really do a, what I think is a pretty good job of setting up the tension and that, uh, yeah, that whole scene yeah, the, before. Uh, yeah, the first-person recording. Yeah. And, I mean, if, you know... In a vacuum, like, if you yeah, didn't and, know uh, anything about the game, yeah, can, it's like, can you explain what's to, going uh, on? Can you explain to me one thing? Yeah. Uh, okay, that, that, that's a digital recording, right? Well, why is there the uh, VHS lines? Yeah, whenever he's fast-forwarding. I, You know, I've never thought about that. Probably just one of those things to connect it in people's minds a little bit more that this is a recording. Because this game came out in, what, 2001? One. Yeah, so. Yeah. But Maybe yeah. the technology in the Halo universe just sucks. I don't know. They even in in like all of the extended universe stuff, there's no real like it's kind of just like Star Trek or Star Wars tech. It just like jumps around and sometimes they have things that are like holy crap, that's amazing and then sometimes it's like what? This is supposed to be like the year 2550. Why do you still have this technology? Why don't you have this kind of technology? So they don't really have very consistent stuff. They kind of do the hand wave thing. Just like, ah, oh, it's this is the way it is. It, this is technology. Accept it. Because yeah, it's like, just, yeah, just one of those things that um, maybe it's a combination of me having uh, uh, higher standards, having higher expectations than the GameCube provide. It being a decade and a half old game, and it pulling some uh, mechanics and uh, some uh, design choices that honestly just piss me off. Uh, all the d- uh, random deaths. Just uh, really soured my mood on the game to the point where I just don't want to play it anymore. Even though I'm probably an hour and a half, two hours away from the ending. Yeah, you're pretty close to the end of the game. You've got, I think, two, three more levels left. Yeah, the last, uh, uh, well, sorry, I'll tell you exactly where I am. Uh, breaking stuff to look tough. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I forget what the mission's called where you've got to go rescue Captain Keys. But that's next, and then after that is the mall, which is the last level of the game. So you've got two more levels left. Yeah, but I mean, you know, if you're... there's just a lot of things that just don't make sense whenever I look at it. <laughs> Particularly the stuff with Cortana. It's like, uh, why leave her here? 
Yeah. Why? This is this is your one purpose in life. This is your one job. Yep. And they do, you know, they do retcon it in the books and things and make it all make more sense. But yeah, when I'm it not came out, this was what book. you were given. Yeah. I really should go back and play all the Halos again. To see it, because it's been years, two or three years since I've played them all the way through. I should see how well they hold up now that I'm older and my tastes have changed and things. Because I might be lining up more on your side with the actual games. Especially whatever I'm. Especially some of the points I'm making, I guess. Well, I mean, you're making a ton of valid points, and I'm going, yeah, I never thought of it that way. Because, yeah, I mean, the last time I'm sorry, but it's a dick move to to make me go uh, slow through an area. Then because I went too slow on an area, there's a flood right there with a rocket launcher, and I can't dodge it. Yeah, the library is a bitch. I this never the liked li- the library. Th- th- this wasn't the library. This was uh, the actually the last video I did. Okay. Uh, this was uh, breaking stuff to look tough. The uh, well, that uh, that mini chapter, I guess. Uh, and also the fact that okay. Well, you're low health. Uh, th- doing this uh, brings your shields down, and we're going to flood this area with sentinels. Yep, every time, right after. Yeah, I mean, dick move, particularly because I was low ammo as well. Uh, I don't know if uh, uh, was my ammo changed in between loading and uh, saving, but the fact that uh, that's something else that pissed me off. Was that every single level they completely changed your loadout? For Tom's makes absolutely no fucking sense. Why? Okay, I yeah. got teleported. Where the hell did my shotgun go? Yeah, I mean I understand sometimes why uh, the uh, why my loadout would change. Okay, I'm I'm on a uh, uh, transport and we're going to do a mission. It makes sense for me to have a sniper rifle. Granted, I don't know why you give me a sniper rifle when the pistol does even more damage, but eh, what the hell? I guess the sniper rifle has uh, night vision. Wait a minute. I have a fucking helmet on. Why doesn't that have night vision on it? <laughs> yeah, I, I just get this little pissy uh, flashlight that can't shine three feet uh, in front of me. As a matter of fact, modern flashlights have a better uh, <laughs> luminosity than this thing. Yeah. Better Lights. Very uh, better question. Why does the flashlight have a one-minute uh, battery life on it? Yep. Game design at the time. Because all of those things, most all of them go away in, in future versions of the game as game design developer change. I mean, I realize some of these are just ancient game design. As a matter of fact, Half-Life 2 had it where the flashlight was uh, limited. But that's also a secondary function of the hazmat suit that you're in. And the thing is that the hazmat suit isn't combat armor. That's also something very different when you compare Half-Life 2 and Halo Combat Evolved, is that there's the a role of what you're wearing to begin with. Granted, it is a supposedly modified in Half-Life 2, but it's still the basic, you know, this is ha- a hazmat suit that, you know, is uh, basically being uh, used because you don't have combat armor. And this is 2550. You have... a uh, I'm not sure if it's top of the line combat armor for you know, you know that time of the universe. Paul, it so is you could, okay. Thank you. The, the, uh, yeah. So yeah, I would expect it to be better. Yeah, the Master Chief has got literally the best armor in the in the game or not in the game in the books. Like they make multiple references to like we could have built a fucking battleship for what it costs us to make this armor for you. Boy, their technology sucks. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. But yeah, I think I'm going to be dropping this game. I, I just, it's one of those things that I'm trying to play it and all the uh, little things just, it's, it's the Skyrim, or Skyrim syndrome where, yes, I understand that people love this game and it's, uh, it's supposedly timeless. Boy, this sucks. I'm, I'm not having fun with this. Can I play something else? Oh, wait a minute. I'm not playing this for a game club. I can. <laughs> yes, you can. Yes, you can. So I'm likely uh, dropping this, put, uh, maybe some random filler, uh, this week and, uh, or maybe just, you know, leave the slot open and, uh, find something that's actually fun to play. Go for it. I believe in you. Have fun. Oh, I guess that means I won't be playing Halo. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I, I'm just wondering how much is uh, my uh, uh, your opinion may drop because I hated Halo so much. <laughs> none, none. Like I said, you know, you're your own person. You, you do you. You like what you like. I like what I like. And a lot and of times we like we the same. In the middle. Yeah. Occasionally, we both like the same thing. Uh, but things that I liked. So I have one I liked and one I disliked. Oh, I finally got my account um, verified on Keymailer, so I've started mm-hmm. getting review keys from them, too. And uh, I got two this week. Like I said, one of them I liked, one of them I didn't like. So the first one is Captain K-On, which is uh, a cross between Lunar Lander and then some kind of shooter game. I, I, Part of me wants to say a shmup, but it's nowhere near as hectic as a shmup. So, I don't think shmup is the right way to describe it. But the yeah, the, maybe I should have played this because I have a review copy of this one. Yeah. So the story, like hook, is like these aliens invade and they send all of the best technology and ships and crews and everything to go fight the aliens, and you're just this like guy who's left over, and you're like the only person around who knows how to pilot a ship. And, uh-oh, the aliens found Earth, so now they're invading Earth, and all of the fleets are away, and it's up to you to stop the aliens and, and recapture all of our stuff from them. Gotta say, uh, the trailer does not make this look very good. Particularly, uh, it looks like they didn't do a good job at uh, uh, doing a stroke on their <laughs> tech, so it just looks terrible. Yeah. This is not a very good game. Um, wow, it must be terrible for you to say that. It's just not a very good game. It's it, it would be okay. The biggest the biggest problem is is the lunar lander aspect. You know how in lunar lander, the goal is to pick a landing zone, and you're constantly dropping, and you have to use your thrusters to uh, to land properly and not crash. Yeah, that's that's this game. You're constantly dropping. I don't know if there's a mission where there is no gravity, so you're not always falling to the ground. And you're constantly having to boost yourself back up and maneuver around and avoid through things. And you have to solve puzzles in order to progress through the levels. And then also you have to fight and kill enemies and not get blown up. And every time you crash into something, you take damage. You crash into the ground, take damage. You crash into a wall, take damage. Etc, etc. And it's just like, why? Oh, why God. did you a, a need lot of, this? A, a lot of this looks like it's also uh, your... Uh, tri- or at least part of it, you have to a fairy cargo around and that's swinging under you. I imagine that uh, impacts uh, your motion. Uh, actually, it does not. It just swings around. Really? 
Yeah, it doesn't oh, impact, impact the way I'm, that your I'm watching. Controls. I'm watching the trailer. This there's a section where you have to go through crushers. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And it's, also, this game looks like it's a has bad graphics for the '90s. I mean, there we talked about uh, the pixel art on Dead Cells, how it's done really well. Well, this is the, kind of the opposite of that, where it's a retro inspired uh, art style that. It just doesn't age that well, and it looks like it's more of a crutch for a lack of art than, or lack of art, uh, a skill, than it is for a conscious design choice. It's not that, but I mean, it's certainly not great. But well, well, when you're actually the, playing it, it looks a little bit better than it does here. I don't know if it's video compression or what, but well, well, uh, I'm just looking at particularly how uh, all the art is tiled. Because yeah. on sc- some of the screenshots, you could see the same uh, lineups of how different uh, ways the the well, the level is tiled, and it makes it look a lot more repetitive. As a matter of fact, on this one screenshot, I could see the same tile five or six times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's all like that all the way through. I mean, there are different I- tile sets, but it's incredibly repetitive all the way through. It's- which was also a problem I had with Halo, which I didn't really talk about. <laughs> yeah, so I tried playing this with both keyboard and mouse and controller, and it's not good on either one. It's slightly better on a controller than it is keyboard and mouse because you can, um, you don't have to go full throttle all the time when you're trying to maneuver around. But it's still bad. It's still bad. It's just... it's. I mean, there might be a certain type of person who likes this sort of thing, but there's just so much shit going on all the time to even fly your ship and and navigate the levels that I constantly was like, oh my gosh, I just crashed because I was trying to shoot that thing and I forgot that I have to constantly accelerate so that I'm not going to crash into the ground. Though I got blown up because I forgot to to dodge. It does have a dodge. So I I forgot to dodge because I was too busy trying to make sure to not crash into the ground and shoot the thing. And uh, it does... Just wondering, how strong is the gravity? Are we talking, uh, you know, like it's Lunar Lander and, you know, you're constantly falling pretty quickly or if you're not, uh, or you have a pretty big acceleration if you're uh, not uh, actively uh, trying to prevent that or is it, you know, like kind of slowly drifting? It varies from level to level. So oh, the that, training... That would be annoying. The training level is, it's very, very gentle. You don't really have to worry about it too much, just... Every once in a while, tap the throttle, like maybe once every five seconds. That'll keep you roughly in place. Uh, but it's a little little more than that in the first set of levels. And then in the next set of levels, it gets a little bit stronger. Um, and then I think it was the third set of levels. It goes back down again so that there's less gravity. So it's not a constant. It changes based on where where the level is that you're, you are. So you can't even really get used to it. You can hold yourself in place for a few seconds. Um... It's called the air brake or air stabilizer or something. And it's like it fires all of your thrusters at once and your ship stays in place. But you can only do that for a few seconds before it shuts off and has to have a cool down. Of course. It's just not good. It's just I think it would be an okay game with a kind of a fun little sci-fi theme because there's some humor that it tries to throw in there. But it's not like cringy humor you know they actually it seems like had someone who knew how to write write it write their jokes but it's just there's just too much going they, on they, with the they, controls. they threw too many aspects of it 
Uh, yeah, there's, yeah, there's yeah, there's way too it, much. If they didn't have, I would say, just looking at this, Grant, I haven't played it, even though I do have a review copy. Uh, if they had it where, if they didn't have the puzzle aspect, so, you know, it was just moving around, or if they just had the puzzle aspect and you didn't have to worry about uh, the or as many enemies, because there are a fair number. There's not, it's not bullet hell. Yeah. But it's definitely, um, you know, it's definitely something that requires your constant attention. Yeah. Actually, I think this would be a great puzzle game. If you take out all the enemies entirely and just make it a puzzle game, I think those mechanics work really well for a puzzle game. But trying to do the puzzles and fighting at the same time and control your ship is just like, no, it's just too much for me. It looks Makes like this was an fun. early access game, perhaps. Uh, I'm seeing some. Yeah, yeah, it looks like it was in early access for a long time based on the number of reviews. Yeah. So. I was wanting to do videos on both of these games, but I just didn't like this one enough. I'm not going to waste my time, you know? Oh, don't, wor- uh, don't worry about that. Sometimes I just uh, make a video on something I hate uh, just to rip it apart. <laughs> Fair enough. But so, yeah, that's Captain K, and I don't really have much to say about it because it's just not good. Yeah, sorry. I, I, I keep hearing k uh, and I'm uh, thinking of the visual novel. <laughs> yeah, you said that to me earlier. That's why I was kind of thrown off by, by for, at first. Yeah. So the other game I played is uh, Smash Pixel Racing. Um, this is, uh, unfortunately, a local multiplayer only. Hopefully they, at some point, add uh, online play. Because it's really fun. It's really simple. It's just a sort of side-scrolling um, game where that you are in a spaceship and you have to maneuver around asteroids and laser turrets and debris and stuff inside this sort of lane. Um and there's different game modes, but they basically all amount to be the one farthest on the right of the screen. Because there's like a racing mode where the course is a set length and, uh, you know, either you have to be the last one man standing or <coughs> make it across the line first. Uh, then there's a survival mode where you have to, I mean, you just survive for as long as you can. And there's a couple of other modes, but it's really difficult to test without anyone to play it with. Uh, so I'm not entirely sure how the other couple of uh, modes Katie? Work. <laughs> I guess I guess I could try that out, but I haven't had a chance to play it with her. But it's it's just really simple, fun, and knows what it is. Um, there's of uh, eight or ten different ships, but they all fall into three classes. Like you know, you've got the agile ship that's faster and maneuvers, but it's a lot weaker. There's the balanced ship, and then there's the ship that's like kind of slow and bulky, but it has tons of armor, so you can smash into a lot more stuff before you die. Um, and you've got a health bar and an energy bar, and the energy bar controls everything. So you pick up these little blue orbs that give you energy to use your, your boosters. So, like, accelerating. So you can go further to the right. Right. So you can go farther to the right. You don't need to use that booster power to, to maneuver up and down or break, but that's the only way to actually move forward. And then you've got a shield that you have automatically, and it uses blue energy every time you smash into something until the energy's gone. And then you can also use blue energy to fire laser cannons to destroy debris or other players or things. Um, and then there's just green energy that you pick up that replenishes your health. And uh, it's got a good sense of speed. The farther to the right you go, the faster the everything goes, which makes it feel like you're really picking up a lot of speed. And also, I would imagine that you have uh, a shorter reaction time as well, since you're going to the right anyway. Yep, yep. 
Um, and it, it the stuff that it throws at you is all completely random, so no two runs are going to be the same, which this is kind of that... Uh, Roguelite uh, element where uh, the rate of generation. Yeah, I was going to say it. it's slightly reminiscent of Race the Sun in that aspect. Because, uh, you know, going really fast for as long as you can. But, I mean, I don't have a ton of, to say about this game because it's super simple, but it's like, it's got a concept, it knows what it wants to do, and it executes it perfectly. This is something I've noticed, is that there's a lot of very simple uh, local multiplayer-only games on Steam, and I think that there's definitely a market for it, but it also feels like they're missing the boat because, yeah, local multiplayer isn't something that's done on PC a lot. Granted, it is a nice bonus, and I love to see it whenever it's, especially when it's a feature on a, well, a console to PC port to have it still there. But it uh, feels like that this is a type of game that really would benefit a lot more being on a console because that's typically the more the local multiplayer, you know, couch co-op. Yeah, I mean, this would be a great little game to have on my Xbox or Wii U or something. I mean, grand, it's like whatever yeah. company comes over, like, hey, let's spend 20 minutes doing, a, you know, a few silly races. It's the skill... It's got a really low skill floor. Like, anybody could figure out how to play this game in, like, five minutes or less. But the skill ceiling is really high because, you know, there's so much stuff that, you know, like, different strategies. Like, do I push to the right to... Or even in, like, survival mode, it's like, do I push to the right um, so that I'm moving quickly and progressing farther sort of, like, down the line to get a higher score. But I run the risk of running into stuff or... Um, being surprised, do I hang back so that I have more reaction time, but I might accidentally get trapped or something, and I'm moving a lot slower, so I'm making less progress. It's it's good. It's it's super simple, but it's really tight. This is a really tight, mechanically focused game. And normally, I don't go for that kind of stuff because I'm such a big story guy. But I mean, when it's done as well as this, I'm like, I'm in. Uh, granted, it, the Steam Link does make it so that these type of games can be yeah, couch co-opted a lot easier these days. Uh, it's one of those things that it, it just feels like it's on the um, I hate saying it's on the wrong platform because PC definitely has room for all these little co- uh, couch co-op games but I think that without really much in the way of uh, uh, online modes or a, a lot more single player stuff it feels like you know, they're, uh, it's uh, kind of an empty experience for most gamers. Granted this is an early access game so um, I'm just quickly looking through to see if there, uh, if there's any additional stuff that they're planning on adding. I'm not seeing anything, at least off the bat, or at least uh, for online stuff. But it is, um, uh, I do like seeing this ditch uh, being filled out, and I hope that down the line, what a PC does get more into the living room. I mean, that was the entire point of the Steam box in general, which kind of just fell flat because no one really knew that they didn't, well, no one knew what to do with it because they marketed it to the wrong group. Right. Uh, I will say that this game is controller required. You cannot get past the options menu, or you can't do anything outside of the options menu without a controller. Yeah, which I don't see them mentioning that on the uh, on the store page. It's at the very bottom of the description. Ah. It's just Gamepads required. So. Uh, well, and it looks like they're behind in the early access as well. Actually, far behind. Because they said final release will most likely be in late 2016. Uh, wait a minute. Yeah, they're only in 
Yeah. Uh, ideally before the holidays. However, it may extend to early 17, uh, 2017. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Matter of fact, they haven't updated since January 11th, so this may be a dead game. I hope not. It's a lot of fun. I'd like to see a couple extra features added to it. Online multiplayer for sure. Um, a few more meaningful differences between the ships, because outside of the three basic types, it's all cosmetic. Um, so, yeah, which uh, may not it be that big a deal since it is, you know, a very fairly simple game. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, a lot of fun. I'll probably, if I'm like, yeah, I could play a game for like ten minutes. I'll probably pull out Smash Pixel Racing and see if I can set a new high score on my um, my survival run. Wait, what? I'm trying to figure out why I have a uh, achievement in this as well. <laughs> I had I an achievement at some point. I had achievement in this game before I even opened it, so uh, I think yeah, it might order. be bugged. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's bugged. Yeah, because I don't think I played it. I know that the idlers ran it because I see two hours on it, but I don't recognize it. Oh no, no, on Captain uh, Kane. Uh, sorry. Oh yeah, yeah, Captain K on that's the one I have it. Yeah, this Order. has to be. Yeah, this has to be bugged. Whoops! Huh. For some reason, Captain K on says I've only played it for six minutes. That's not true. I played it for a few hours. Weird. Yeah, it's probably just bugged. Okay. Here's that they're trying to boost their achievements uh, to uh, trigger something that we may be talking about a little bit. Indeed, indeed. Holy shit, we've been going for nearly an hour and a half. <laughs> I blame myself. Yeah, I blame you too. One of the rare instances <laughs> I get to do that. Um, hey, I had uh, things to say. We should take a short break before we go to the news section. I am roasting in here. I need to go turn the AC on. And I might as well fill up my water. Well, I'll go do that as well. All right. We'll be right back. Yeah, I was I was uh, getting very hot. And I like it to be cold. Plus, I wanted some apple juice. Right, so I got apple juice. I, I admit it. You just like it to be cold so you have an excuse to cuddle. <laughs> I do like to cuddle. Um, but, so, yes, let us move on to our news topics. I don't think, unless we go get long-winded, I don't <laughs> think we'll have to do any any news culling. The only thing that might take a hit is... Uh, Franken-episoding? Uh, Franken yeah. And the only thing that might take a hit is um, Discovery Q, but we'll see. Uh, anyways, Q? Q. Anyways, our first news topic is... Alan Wake, Alan Wake is pulled from digital storefronts due to one of its music licenses expiring. I think it sounds like most of its music licenses expired, and that's why it got pulled. Yeah, Alan Wake, a game club game as well. Yeah. And at first I thought they were saying you know, Alan Wake as the franchise and not Alan Wake as in Alan Wake. So I was telling you to pick up American Nightmare because... Well, a little bit of a tease is that uh, that's, I think that may be the game that I'm going to be pushing for for October. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem with that. Unless, uh, yeah, something more appropriate pops up. But uh, Alan Wake is, uh, well, one of the major things about it is its music, uh, especially at the end of the individual episodes, because, well, if you haven't played Alan Wake and you haven't listened to our Game Club episode of it, Alan Wake is divided up into essentially, well, Nowadays, we would call it the Telltale style of, you know, five episodes, only Alan Wake, it released all at once, and it's not individual games. 
So it's uh, going from episode to episode. They have the end credits and uh, usually some sort of music piece that uh, fits the mood or as a teaser for how the next uh, piece of the game is going to play out. And that's not even including their original soundtrack, which was fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, if, if I recall correctly, they even had David Bowie in it. I think they did, yeah. But I, yeah, the soundtrack to this game was awesome. They did a good job putting it together and appropriately themed and sounding and mood matching and all that soundtrack. So Yeah, Alan Wake is just a masterpiece. Alan Wake is a great game. Really, really good. The, the only thing that I could uh, really fault it for and is the combat, but that's not really a it's a game uh uh flaw as a as a I should say as a gamey uh, uh, uh feel. But it makes sense in the mood because Alan Wake, he's an author and he's gone to the gun range a couple of times to fire a gun to be able to write about it. But he's not, you know, someone that you'd want in this situation, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. So it makes sense that, you know, his, uh, the combat in the game is uh, not particularly great. It's passable, but it's not great. But, you know, it makes sense in the game. But, uh, the reason why we're really talking about this, well, Alan Wick is gone. I'm pretty sure that the time has passed, or at least by the time the episode comes out, you know, Alan Wake has gone from digital storefronts in general. And any uh, new gameplay uh, that you see will have uh, Alan Wake's pirate eye patch. <laughs> yeah. Yep, you can't buy it on Steam. It, the page is still there if you've got it in your library, but it's already mm-hmm. gone from Steam. So it's probably also already been pulled from... um from the Xbox store as well. Yeah, which is uh, hugely disappointing. And, well, Alan Wake isn't the only victim of this. Even uh, in the next month, the Doctor Who uh, adventure games, which, uh, granted, aren't particularly great, are also getting pulled because of their licensing. Granted, that's not a music license. That's the IP itself. And not too long ago, uh, San Andreas, whenever they did an update and actually broke a few things... They pulled some sound uh, assets as well. They pulled out uh, half a dozen different music tracks because the different licensing uh, uh, had ran out. So this is not an isolated incident. And I think this is going to be a huge problem coming up where we are going to either lose games or have games absolutely butchered because rights have gone away. And these game companies, they can't really fight this because the record industry is hugely powerful. It's kind of ridiculous just how strong the uh, the record and the uh, movie industries are. And, uh, well, at least with American media. Yeah. This is something that I've never, like, I've been a huge advocate for digital purchases for years. And there's always been like, well, what happens if you, you know, your license, like, something happens and you can't have your game anymore because you're really just like renting a license or what you know that whole argument and i've always Mm -hmm. been like you know what that's just one of the consequences you might have to pay i've never thought about well what happens if the music license expires from your digital game and then it goes away or gets changed because you know keeping the music in a in there when they could take it away would technically be illegal so yeah i've never thought about this problem before now yeah, and I think this is going to be something that we're going to see a lot more of, especially because you know, licensed music is becoming a lot more common in games. Alan Wake was 
uh, well, I shouldn't say it's a, a forefather of it, but it it's one of those that they can't really remove the music that easily without just changing the complete mood of the game. Yeah. And you, so, and you could make an argument like, well, they could go and find some new music that's royalty free or whatever, but it's like, yeah, yeah but they why could, would they spend but, that much time? Yeah. That's the, that's the, that's the other flip side of it is that you can't just say, okay, give me all the sound uh, tracks that give the uh, same feeling of David Bowie's Space Odyssey. Because I think that was the soundtrack in it. Or, or I may be mistaken. Uh, but yeah, it's the same idea of, you know, give me all the, uh, the, uh, the music tracks that give this feeling. That, that, that doesn't exist. Yeah. Or if and it also, does, it would take uh, a long time to find it and you, then you're spending money on a, on this game that's, what, 10 years old? Yeah. You know, it's, it's really difficult like to that. justify. So, I don't expect companies to do that. And it's also not, you know, you can't just listen to a couple of seconds of a set of a song and say, oh, that, that works. You know, each uh, time you check out something, you know, it's a couple minutes. Yeah. And that doesn't sound like a lot, but, you know, you know, you know you're having interns sit there and listen to, you know, uh, 10 soundtracks. Well, uh, that's a good chunk of an hour. Yeah. So, it's just one of those things that uh, we're going to have an issue with this. And I'm not sure if the yeah, if there's a way around it. Other than, you know, be careful what you buy. <laughs> yeah. The one thing that I would say is if this is something that concerns you, you probably should keep buying physical at this point. Like, I mean, they can't take music out of your physical game. Actually, that's not true. They could with a patch or something. So, yeah, you're fucked. Yep. This is just a problem that you have to deal with, or we're going to have to deal with going forward. Indie games are probably going to be the most immune to it because they tend to, as small developers, have someone make music for the game or use royalty-free music or something like that. Um, So maybe this is another reason if you want to be a a bit safer or a bit more secure about it. Also, it's uh, kind of uh, foolish on the developer, or I guess, uh, would this be the developer or the publisher's part of whoever uh, negotiates the license of have a timed license like this? I don't know whose fault that would be. But it does seem extremely foolish to say, okay, well, uh, we want a uh, 10-year license. Granted, I don't think anyone uh, working on Alan Wake would expect it to be that big an issue. I don't, I'm not sure if they uh, thought Alan Wake was going to be as big as it was or as uh, well-received as it was. I mean, Grant, I think every uh, developer has this hope. But at the same time, you know, it's uh, you don't try to... Uh, overestimate, well, unless you're, well, Square Enix. Yeah. I, uh, they probably, I mean, even then, this was starting to, like, in the right circles, like, hey, we're doing more digital stuff now. I wonder if this is going to be a problem. And probably they thought, well, we'll do this as a temporary solution, and then we'll deal with it in the future. And then, you know, companies change, and things are so That'll be a problem for tomorrow's me. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be a problem for future me. And then future me is looking back going, fuck you, past me. Why didn't you do a better <laughs> job then? So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm 
I'm glad that they uh, honestly I'm glad that they're pulling it, it from it, stores as opposed to changing the game. Yeah, true. And it was nice that they announced it at least the weekend beforehand and uh gave a 90% off sale. Yeah. At least on the PC version. I'm not sure if the consoles had the same uh, luxury. Uh it definitely went on sale on the consoles cuz I saw it cuz I'm I'm subscribed to r/xbox1 and it was a post on there that made my front page. Uh, but they just said it was discounted. I didn't go look at it because I was like, well, I mean, if I'm going to buy it, I'm going to buy it on Steam right now. So, Yeah, especially since you got a good deal on American Nightmare as well. Yeah, I got both games for 4 bucks with all yeah, the DLC granted, and everything. American, granted, American Nightmare you know, wasn't going away yet, but it's this, uh, it may have the same issue. Yeah, it, We don't know now. And it's some that's it's that doubt in my mind. Yeah. Well, I'm not as worried because I own it now, so. Yeah, and uh, hoping that they don't patch it because that's the flip side of things. But I really I really doubt we'll see Alan Wake on digital sale again, which is disappointing because it is a phenomenal game. And maybe if we see a, a Alan Wake 2 or whatever they call the next Alan Wake game, because there there is a rumbling that Alan Wake's coming back. We'll see it then. So maybe that'll be a you know a, a sign that you know the new Alan Wake is coming up. Yeah. But outside of that, I don't expect to see Alan Wake on sale again. Yeah, which I is sad. I don't either, and I agree that is very sad. I, actually, they might resell it. Well, no, because they they'd have to go in and make the changes anyways if they're gonna. Because I was gonna say they might redo a physical copy of the game, but all of those licensing yeah and they would still they have would still to do apply, the licensing. So, yeah. Yeah, licensing is a uh, fickle bitch, isn't she? Yeah, she is. Well, it's the same uh, reason why uh, the last Tony Hawk game absolutely sucked. <laughs> or do you know that story? No, I I do not. Okay, uh, the last Tony Hawk game was sold literally the last day that... Uh, oh, shoot, now I'm blanking on who had the Tony Hawk license, but they had the license... And they sold, They put it on sale the very last day it was on sale. Oh, you know so what? It, I do remember that. That's right. It was exceptionally rushed. Oh, and there was a 7-gig patch. You know what the patch was? Didn't it? like The game. Yeah, I was going to say, wasn't it the game? Yeah, the, the disc itself, this was a console-only release, of course, because it's Tony Hawk and we only... The PC uh, version, or the PC only got a few of the Tony Hawk games. Uh, they only got the physical copy only has the tutorial on it. So, yeah, you have to have that patch. So if you're not online, you are absolutely screwed if you uh, don't have that patch. Yeah. And, you know, it's the same thing. You know, they paid for a 15-year license and didn't expect that the bottom would drop out of the Tony Hawk franchise because they, you know, beat it to death. Uh, they beat the uh, Tony Hawk like we beat No Man's Sky. <laughs> Indeed. The, the only the only uh, uh, game franchise I could think of that got a worse beating was uh, ro- uh, Rockstar, or not Rockstar, uh, Rock Band. Well, rock Band, uh, Guitar Hero, you know, the music genre. Because think how many Guitar Hero games there were and how many times uh, the tracks didn't go between the different... Oh, and... Uh, I'm not uh, just rambling here. That's also a licensing problem. Yeah, that's, they that had, the tracks. 
couldn't go between the different games, so you were buying the same tracks over and over and over again. And there were either very small windows or no windows to export the tracks that you bought. Yep. Because they even had the feature that where you could transfer tracks from one game to another, but only a few select titles actually did that because of licensing issues. Yeah, licensing... Uh, I have a feeling we may have an uh, audio letter on this next week. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. All right. Well... Uh, yeah, licensing. Uh, it's one of those things that... It's a necessary evil, but it feels like it's strangled the, the game industry way too much. Indeed. Speaking of something... Because I- otherwise... Because if we didn't have licensing, we would have how many Mario games uh, that are... You know, uh, Mario... <laughs> He, he, uh, he's a, a German plumber from the, in New York. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh. all right. Well, speaking of other things that choke out the gaming industry, uh, Bethesda's Prey doesn't receive a demo on PC. Now, you might think, oh, that's no big deal. PC games really—I mean, there's very few demos. Period. Nowadays, especially on PC. But uh, the reason that this is a news article is that I noticed that they said, and I'm just going to read this here, uh, it's a matter of managing resources. We couldn't do a demo on both the console and the PC. We had to choose. And besides, PC has Steam. Steam players can just return the game prior to playing it for more than two hours. So it's like a demo already. Oh. You arrogant fuckers. First of all, First of all, the Steam refund system, Valve specifically said that it's not to be used like this. Yep. Bethesda is advocating for abusing the Steam refund system. Well, first of all, Bethesda is just... I'm going to say this right here. Bethesda, at least what they've turned into, is a terrible company for PC gaming. Yeah. And that saddens me because I absolutely love the older Elder Scrolls uh, games. But what they've turned into? Okay, let, let's just uh, tick these off. We have Prey, which has no demo, and they're advocating this. And the review, uh, uh, early reviews. So all the reviews were, or at least the early reviews, were people absolutely rushing through the game. So they're not really good reviews. We have Dishonored 2, which had an abysmal release, uh, technically flawed, uh, out the wazoo. Uh, and, oh, once again, no review copies, so, yeah, everything was rushed. Oh, let's see, before that was Doom, which, once again, no review copies, even though it was a good game. Yeah, Doom turned out alright. I think Prey has turned out alright, too, but, I mean, I always try to be more positive than you. And really? I'm I'm a big fan of you know benefit of the doubt, <laughs> innocent until proven guilty. But uh, I'm not going to defend defend Bethesda on this one. I'm not going to play see, devil's advocate because uh, that's just really shitty. Well, let's see, Elder Scrolls Legends, which uh, you know that's a free to play uh, card game. Doom, Fallout Four, which also didn't have some technical issues on, on release. Yeah, Fallout Four has also some- also known being uh, produced by uh, Bethesda. Yeah, just the 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 engine they're using for the fall for for Fallout Four is so old; it had a lot of problems. Let's see, Wolfenstein, uh, the old Blood, uh, 
uh, well, Wolfenstein uh, also had a, uh, some severe technical issues. Yep, but Wolfenstein was a great game, though. Yeah, but once again, technical issues. Let's see, Elder Scrolls Online. Uh, I'm just uh, going back through the list of Bethesda games. Uh, yeah, it's just there's so many of these that have technical issues to begin with, which a demo allows people to see. Okay, this game doesn't work well on a lot of hardware. Doesn't work well on mine. And a demo would be able to uh, allow people to see that. But the thing is that, okay, well, you want us to abuse the Steam refund system. You, the Steam refund system isn't a blanket thing. Uh, if you abuse it too much, they take that away. Yeah. Also, I don't understand why they won't... Like, the demo for Doom sold me on Doom. I would have not bought Doom... I probably would have bought it eventually for like five bucks in two years from now. But I played that demo and I was like, I got to have this. And I, I paid, I think it was 50% off when I bought it because I, I bought it last summer on the summer sale. But I wouldn't have done that if I hadn't played the demo. And Prey looks pretty good to me. I'm considering purchasing Prey. But, I mean, I'm not going to buy, spend, you know, 30, 40, 50 bucks on it if I can't, like right now, if I can't check it out. I think I think Bethesda is is starting to get too big. They're getting too big for the purchase. They're uh, they're getting arrogant. Well, I shouldn't say they're getting arrogant. They've gotten arrogant. I mean, they're not as big. And as... They need to get bur- they need to get burnt. They're not as. I hate to say this, but they need to get burnt to uh, shake them out of this. I don't want the company to fall. I don't want them to fail. But I want them to lose this arrogant sense that they have because they have. The Elder Scrolls series, and they have a lot of other very strong IPs that could sell well just on the name alone. And the thing is that you know, it's allowed them to get complacent. They they think that they could do anything, and you know, it, it's not going to matter. Yeah, I would say Bethesda is about on the same level as Ubisoft now. What, they have a shitty uh, <laughs> third-party platform? Yes. but you know like they've ubisoft has got several franchises that can sell based on name recognition and they're you know oh you mean like uh far cry releasing a logo for their next game and going right to the top of r slash games yep yep and assassin's creed and things like that but actually what i just said uh, literally happened today i i i didn't know that but i also didn't doubt that you weren't telling the truth like I absolutely could believe that. But, uh, so yeah, I think that, I think that Bethesda has gotten to around the Ubisoft level. So they're kind of like trailing third EA, Ubisoft, and then Bethesda in like the shitty companies. Because, I mean, five years ago, Bethesda was not like this. I mean, sure, they had Skyrim at that point, and there was some clear different like design steps that they were taking to try and get more, um, mass audience appeal but the company itself was not like this they were one of the one of the better companies that you know were always like they were one of the first companies to really embrace sort of new media youtube twitch that sort of thing back in the day and they were always helpful and nice to people and they provided review copies well ahead of time so or but but as the company has grown over the last few years and it sort of reached that level. I think, 
I think I know the moment that it lost. Uh, well, they lost their uh, shit. When they did an E3 presentation. Uh, don't know the story on that one. No, no, no I'm just saying like that they lost. Uh, you know, they got too big for their yeah. britches when they did their their E3 presentation. I don't recall exactly what you're talking about here. Well, what I was going to refer to was paid mods. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. I think th- I think that was the tipping point for a lot of people. I'm just think like I'm just thinking like uh, when they did their first E3 presentation two years ago, like their first conference. Um, Honestly, it was so forgettable that, that yeah, I, I just don't recall what they did. I mean, they they launched uh, or they announced Fallout Four and Fallout Shelter, and I think that was when the first teaser. No, the first teaser for Prey was last year. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, and uh, it was uh, all CG and, you know, had no gameplay in it whatsoever. Yeah. Because I remember that. But, like, I think that when they decided that they were big enough to do E3, they were big enough to be, you know, the next Ubisoft. So, in other words, Fred the Bow was all around for next year. And the whole paid mods thing, wasn't that after that E3 that year? Wasn't that in the fall of 2015? I, I think it was. Now that you mentioned it, uh, uh, chatter away for a moment while I go look. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Just words. Silences Let's will see. be edited out. <laughs> uh, summer, uh, 2015. Uh, I'm looking at articles uh, from uh, April. So uh, right before uh, E3. Yeah. So they're still they're still connected. I think. I think just that was the year that they were like, "All right, guys, we're big enough. Let's do this now." Yeah, I hate saying that I want them to fail, I, uh, or I want one of their games to fail. But I think that's the really the best way to show them that, you know, they're not at the point where they could just coast along. But that's the thing is that we are not the general audience, so we can uh, uh, look at these articles and say, "Well, that's shitty," but most uh, gamers are going to say, "Who cares?" Yep, that they will, and it makes me sad. Does it have crates? Does it have booster packs that I could buy? <laughs> God, those kids. Why? Why would you spend <laughs> 20 bucks on crates, not get anything, and go, you know what? I'm going to put some more money in and try again on some crates. Because it's not their money. Yeah. That, that, that's the thing, is that it's not their money, so uh, you know, they don't see it as, uh, well, I just spent my money uh, and got nothing, and I got burnt. They see it as I spent the money I was given uh, to uh, spend on this. Yep, it's that little psychological kids. trick. Two fifteen-year-old kids, <laughs> poor kids. So, uh, speaking of booster packs, yeah, yeah, Valve makes some changes to the way trading cards are going to work. Yeah, this was announced just before we started recording, so there's a, not a lot of information about, out about this, but this is one of the... Uh, Valve has done a lot of interesting changes in the last couple of weeks, or announced a lot of interesting changes. And this is Valve going after what they call fake games. Games that are uh, just essentially asset flips that uh, are meant to just generate trading cards to sell and the game developer, or should I say, a game developer, and massive sarcasm quotes, makes their money not on the actual sale of games, but what they get from their developer cut on the marketplace. 
Because every time you sell or buy something on the uh, marketplace, uh, there's two uh, additional cuts. There's the valve cut that is a certain percentage, depending on what you're selling. And there's also the developer cut. So if if I sell a, uh, well, let's just, since we just talked about Bethesda, if I sell a Doom training card, Valve gets a cut uh, from uh, what I buy, or sorry, what I sold, and Bethesda also gets a cut because, you know, that's uh, an additional incentive to allow them to uh, put in uh, put out the training cards. And that's also the incentive for the emoticons and everything else. Well, what happened was that all these... Uh, really uh, essentially single person development teams because most of the times these are single people uh, that are just putting out a, 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 a different asset flips uh, just buying uh, pre-made assets from like the Unity store or whatever and putting out uh, basically the bare minimum of a game putting on green uh, light getting it through green light somehow green, the, uh, green light is a very flawed system to begin with and once it gets in the Steam store, selling it for a buck, and when uh, the Steam summer sale goes uh, on, or whatever major sale goes on, they, they drop the price down to like 25 cents or 50 cents, and you're able to make that back on the trading cards. Well, they make that money back, and then whatever booster packs uh, goes out, they also make money. And you sell enough of these and you eventually start getting this normalized income from all the training cards. And that's what valve is trying to dip in the bud here. Right. I think that's a good explanation of what they're, uh, what the game uh, games they're trying to go after. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's a great explanation. Um, so the way that they're talking about doing this, it- yeah, this is a very nebulous uh, uh, thing. I, and I think, Nebulous on purpose because they don't want to say, okay, well, in order for trading cards to be uh, available, this much of a percentage of uh, gamers uh, who own this uh, game has to play this many hours or they have to get this achievement or whatever because they don't want these uh, asset flip artists to know this uh, as easily to be able to uh, you know, trigger this uh, new... Uh, uh, thing. Right. So yeah, they've set up a condition that trading cards can be in the game, but they won't drop until this condition is met. And they haven't said specifically what the condition is. But yeah, that's designed, like you just said, to com- to combat uh, the, as they call them, the fake games and the fake game developers from uh, well, gaming the system. But they call it I think it's funny. They call it the steam, the confidence metric, but the way that they've <laughs> described it and the lack of information does not give me confidence. Like I don't, and I don't know how you. Well, do I think this. we should read the uh, read the confidence metric uh, if we can find it on here. Um, it says the confidence metric is built from a variety of pieces of data, all aimed at separating legitimate games and players from fake games and bots. You might wonder you bleh, you might wonder why the confidence metric will succeed at identifying fake games when we weren't being successful at using data to prevent them from getting through greenlight. The reason is that greenlight is used by a tiny subsection of Steam's total player base, producing far less data overall, which makes it much more easily gamed. In addition, greenlight only allows players to vote and comment, so that data is narrow. Steam at large allows players to interact with games in many different ways, generating a broad set of data for each game, and that makes identifying fake ones an easier task. 
So yeah, like you're saying, I think they're deliberately obfuscating what the confidence metric does and is examining so that it's at least more difficult for devs to figure out what it is so that they can game the system some more. But yeah. Yeah. Th- this is a uh, uh, very nebulous and I'm wonder just how many uh, actual games are going to be caught in the net. Oh, there'll definitely be a few and I'm not necessarily going after steam on this one. Like I have. Yeah. For I, so many yeah, other, I definitely other understand systems. I, yeah, I understand where they're coming from on this because a lot of this, they're trying to uh, clean out Steam or, uh, or uh, you know, make it less lucrative for these game developers to just throw their trash on Steam because that's the problem with, well, the mobile market is that, you know, you have hundreds and thousands of games and it is impossible to go through them all. Steam doesn't have that problem yet. But as well, when they released the Steam Direct system, where there's there's not even the road bump that is Stream Greenlight to get on Steam, you know, you're going to have just this tidal wave, and they have to try to figure out, okay, how are we going to uh, get it so that the asset flips that are just card generators aren't uh, lucrative anymore? That you have to actually sell your game on the game's merits, and not the fact that. Well, it has training cards, and that's about it. Otherwise, it's just a picture of a uh, of a painted wall that uh, someone uh, put into RPG Maker. Yeah, because there was, uh, and they've also went through and cleaned out a uh, a few of the more notorious uh, uh, for the uh, fake games. As a matter of fact, one that I saw someone commenting on was Watch Paint Try Simulator. Oh yeah, and it was uh, literally a uh, a picture of a wall painted. Uh, let's see it. Yeah, it's not showing up on the Steam store anymore. At least with paint dry, it was a uh, a picture of a uh, painted wall and a visual novel engine, <laughs> and that was the game. If only I had come up with that. I'd be. And you could sold at least. Two or three copies of it. I'd be rich. Anyways, no, no. I thought you wanted to get the Steam trading cards, not generate them and give them away. If I, if I make money by generating them, I'm I'm cool with that. I'll generate all day, baby. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, it sounds like we're being negative on this, and but that's mostly due to yeah, not really knowing what's going on with this. Yeah. I wish they would give us more information, but I understand why they haven't. And I'm not... I, I, I'm taking a let's-wait-and-see approach with this as opposed to this is a stupid idea because there are some people yeah, who well, are openly like... As there are with anything, particularly that Valve does, like, yeah, this sucks, you're stupid, you're ruining trading cards, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I mean, maybe this is a bad move, but maybe it's a good move. And, I mean, well, I don't gonna blame them for into trying. The, uh, bundle... It's going to cut into the bundles that are 50 games for $1. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I haven't played any of those games. Not a single fucking one. I just ran them through um, Which, Idol Master. Which yeah, is exactly what they wanted. Yeah, I know. But, I mean, I gained something from it as well. I made 6 bucks off of my $1 purchase. So, I mean, that's a pretty good return on investment. I mean, I guess I had to spend a little bit of time doing it, but not really. 
Well, since we're talking about Valve, I'm going to throw in uh, the fact that they're taking down uh, the old forum system in this as well. Uh, and there's, I don't see a announcement about this, but it's go- going to be going away late June, which that's actually something that's very bad. <laughs> The, because uh, there's a lot of old tech support in those forums. Yep, yep, yep. As a matter of fact, some of those forums are the number one hit on uh, a lot of, uh, you know, how to get this uh, old game to work. They're actually going away? They're not being archived? They're uh, they're not, they're they're being just taken down. Uh, granted, I, I assume that there has to be some sort of archive uh, 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 effort going on, especially since there's, a, you know, about a month worth of... Uh, uh, time between now and then. Yeah. And also, I mentioned, uh, it, well, here's the thing is that it's more, uh, was a localized source of, okay, this, uh, uh, thread didn't have the answer. Let me try this thread or this thread or this thread because I'll be perfectly honest. The, I don't really care for the Steam discussion and the, uh, in the different community centers, uh, mostly because, uh, it feels like it, it's uh, more pruned than uh, what the old forms were. Yeah, which, which is yeah, you know, kind of a detriment. Also, the search engine you know, kind of sucks for it. Yeah, the search engine does suck. It's just one of those things that I, I understand why they're taking it down because it, it you know it's just servers that you know it's, they're they're pushing people to the different community uh, sections and not the centralized uh, forums anymore. So it makes sense that they want to take out the servers, but. They really should archive this. Yeah. And I guess they're just leaving it to the community to do it. As a matter of fact, they originally were just going to pull the plug on it and be done with it. And there was a huge outcry. Like, no! Yeah. Which I completely understand. Uh, I, I, I understand both uh, sides of it. Yeah. I- but the thing is that uh, you know, the, even the, the general Valve uh, community center, oh, it is terrible. It's all the trolls in the world. Yeah. Even all though the- I do have to admit that uh, if you want some Schrodinger, uh go read the Vacban uh, 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 forum. <laughs> go read the what? Vacbans. Vacbans. Okay. Uh, Valve anti-cheat. Okay. Basically, it's all the people that are cheating or or got at least caught by the Vac system. On uh, Usually, you see us go as the big uh, one. Occasionally you'll see uh, Dota 2, but yeah. At least I think that's covered by fact. But, you know, you'll see, oh, I wasn't cheating. My brother was playing, and uh, uh, he must have put something on my computer. It's, it's amazing how many people have brothers that are terrible cheaters, huh? Yeah. <laughs> or just uh, occasionally just, you know, uh, caps lock anger. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Are you ready to move do on we, to? Yeah. Yeah. Do we want to do the general topics since we're at the two hour mark? Uh, do you want to? I mean, it does fit in. Yeah. But there's always steam news around the corner. Yeah, true. Uh, I'll leave it up to you. Let's let's just go ahead and. Since you're the almighty editor. Let's here. go ahead and move and on to, to Community Corner. Okay. So you'll have to prune the, uh, the topic list anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, for our community corner this week, uh, the first thing we've got is that. Well, first, well, first of all, we have crickets in the uh, mailbag. Well, I mean, this sort of counts as a thing. 
So yeah, the jokes that we were making at the beginning of the podcast about Amy, one of my coworkers, her name is is Amy. Uh, I can't pronounce the rest of her name because it's like a legit Japanese name. Um, but she's a a Japanese lady who works at the clinic, and she discovered this podcast because my boss discovered this podcast and like was like, hey. Jared's got a podcast. It's about video games. Like my boss, my boss is sweetheart. I love Angel of Death, and he's like, "Wow, you've got like all these episodes, and like you've got a he's like you must like be a, like a yeah, gaming. but you have that annoying sweary guy. He's like, you must be a, like a gaming god or something. And I was like, Angel, you better be careful not to stroke my ego too much with phrases like that. <laughs> but so, oh so he told everybody, and Amy went, and she's listened to a few episodes, and she's like, yeah, these are great. She's like, I no offense, I don't think I'm going to go catch up, because if they're all like three hours long, it's like, no, I understand. <laughs> and the content gets dated yeah, really yeah, to fast. Be per- yeah, to, yeah, to be perfectly honest, the VGL is not a uh, show that you're meant to catch up on. I mean, granted, we do have the occasional inside joke, you know, especially about crates. Yeah. Uh, but you'll eventually figure it out. Yeah. But so she, today when I saw her at the clinic, she was like, uh, she talked to me for a few minutes about the episode she listened to and, and, uh, she liked the show and she's like, all right, I want to ask you a question so that you guys can talk about it on this, on this episode when you record this week. And so her question to us is what is the best bad game you've ever played? And she said, we yeah, could use it took, yeah, it took me a, what about a minute to think of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still not sure what my answer is. And I've been thinking about this for like 12 hours at this point. Cause I play a lot yeah, of bad I, games. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I'm, I also have a lot higher standard. <laughs> I, and I don't think I'm not saying that as well. Okay. I am saying that as detrimental to you at the same time, but still, that's fine. Yeah. My standards are pretty low. Okay. My uh, best bad game I played. Is a game I actually got in a humble bundle uh, called Cortex Command. Okay. It is a 2D uh, shooter. Uh, think of sort of worms. I'll, I'll give you a link to it uh, so you don't have to hunt it down. Oh, I've already pulled it up on Steam. Oh. Okay. Well, uh, uh, there's a lot of things I like about it, but then there's a lot of things that are absolutely terrible about it. It's one of those games that it's. Uh, Built by, I think, is a one guy a development team. I mean, I'm just looking here. Uh, 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 yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm not sure if it's a one main development team, but you could tell that it's one of those games that is made by a very small development team. That uh, it's their vision and nothing else. Yeah, and there's a lot of information being thrown at you. Uh, you know, uh, guns that are. Well, well, it's a two. Well, it really depends on uh, the mission because there's different different missions. There's sometimes uh, you have to go uh, fight something. Sometimes you just have to hold a base for a while. Sometimes you uh, have to do a little bit of a combination of both or try to destroy an enemy base. And there's a lot uh, to uh, take care of and juggle, which is just absolutely terrible. They don't have a system that does it very well. There is uh, some a uh, friendly AI that you could set up. Uh, so that your guards on your base will fire at people and that sort of thing, but it's very clunky. And building bases is also very clunky because it's all chunks and they don't really snap together all that well unless you're really used to the game. But then they have all these little neat things like how the terrain is uh, completely destructible. So you could set a, uh, uh, I forget what they call the uh, different guys in this, but you could set a guy with a minor uh, tool and dig under the enemy base and come up under. 
and uh, completely catch the enemy off guard. And it's just the little things like that. And the AI actually does things like that. So if you have a really strong defense, they'll try to go around it. And also, uh, in order to get uh, money, you have to do some mining. You can see on the screenshots, there's gold in uh, the uh, level they have to collect. And then you call in these dropships. And the dropships can be shot down. Sometimes they just crash for really no reason. And the dropships are also very fragile. So you have to be careful on where you bring them in and also how much uh, enemy fire is in the area. So, you know, an enemy could get a lucky shot on a thruster on a dropship. It'll just come down, uh, get uh, get a thruster shot out, and just start spiraling, and, you know, well, there goes all your equipment. It's one of those very, very clunky, bad games, but I absolutely love it for some of its design. (laughs) Yeah. I'm hearing you describe this game, and I'm going, that doesn't sound like really a bad game, but, you know, that's the difference in me and you. Well, that's the thing, is that there's a lot of things I absolutely love about it, but it's just the way that it's designed. It's There's not a lot of a way to handle various things. Uh, you have to protect your uh, central, well, your brain, because you're essentially a brain in a jar controlling all these different robots. And, uh, there's just not a lot of uh, ways to do it very efficiently. It's all very, very clunky. And if you spend enough time with it, uh, it's one of those games that really uh, is done well. It's the Dwarf Fortress problem. Right. It's a very deep game. It's a very intense game. And it's a, a lot of fun when you get past the hump. But getting past that hump is very tough. And for this one, it's not just the interface, because you also have uh, that time limiter where, okay, well, the enemy's coming. Oh, uh, my guy accidentally uh, threw his weapon instead of firing it because I hit the wrong thing on the uh, wheel. So, Yeah. Oh, I'm so torn. I've got three. And I'm not going to go through all of them like I did last time, like where I cheated and went through all the games, but I really can't decide. So... All right, I'm going to ask for you to decide, not the game. I'm going to just tell you what it is that's going on between the two of them for me. So, well, uh, give me the uh, – well, uh, since we have text, you can just send me the names and I can uh, pick one. No, no, no. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I, uh, I don't want to do that. I want you to judge based on the criteria. So, okay. okay, so I've narrowed it down to two in my mind. One of them um, is a game that has improved – through its development so it's no longer as bad as it was but when I played it the most it was bad and the other one has actually gotten worse but I still enjoy playing it I think the one that's gotten worse uh, but I want to hear what the other one is as well Okay, so the first one, the one that's gotten better is Kerbal Space, Space Program yeah. that game and, and I started playing it after they had fixed supposedly a whole bunch of problems but I am never stuck with a game that crashed so many times and had so many yeah, glitches true. and issues, and I would That's, get so pissed. I kind of glossed over all that just because it's a very unique game. Yeah, but I would get so pissed and lose hours of progress sometimes. And any other game I've ever played that that happened, I would at the very least quit for a while, you know, take a break, cool off, and come back to it. And KSP, I'd go, you fucking piece of shit let me just launch this and i'll do it again damn it i think i got a bit of a tolerance for that with elder scrolls 
Because remember, I'm not a guy that plays Elder Scrolls without uh, somewhere like 80, 90 mods. Yeah. So I've gotten used to, if I'm really having fun and I have the game set up exactly like I like it, I'm willing to put up with a few crashes. Yeah. But uh, then again, I also played KSP modded out the Wazoo. Yeah. I mean, I I had uh, some kind of hardware issue, I think. Because modded or unmodded, it didn't matter. I still had tons and tons of crashes all the time. Unmodded, I never really had that many crashes. I had a couple whenever, you know, uh, it, but those were just extraordinary things like, you know, hitting, uh, the ground at, yeah, like Mach 5. <laughs> yeah. You know, just hit, and it just hit so hard that all the damage calculations, you know, just broke something. Yeah. But, but KSP has gotten immensely better over the last few patches and updates and things. So it's much, 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 much more stable than it used to be. Uh, in fact, I played it maybe another 40 or 50 hours a few months ago, two or three months ago, uh, after the 1.2 update released. Um, and I don't think I experienced a single crash during that time, whereas before, 40 hours of gameplay could be anywhere from 25 to 50 crashes. Well, also, I made the habit of... Uh, well, I, I'm pretty sure I installed an auto-save uh, uh, Odd where it would auto save a lot more often. Yeah. So I would have you know less of a jump. So you know, uh, I don't think it would auto save if I was in the atmosphere or or if during extreme circumstances or maybe I just had it where you know I would wait for the auto save to go off then uh, you know do whatever. But I I think that's the difference between me and you is that if I know a game is unstable and I'm having fun with it. I'll uh, uh, change my play style to try to get around it. Granted, don't get me wrong. I, there were times I got angry with uh, KSP, particularly whenever I was doing something that required a light touch and uh, yeah, a crash uh, completely uh, negated that, particularly whenever I was building my Minmus station, because that was early in my KSP time. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the, you know, where I way, way, way overbuilt my rover and had to uh, have three refueling uh, dockings <laughs> to get the lander down. Yeah. <laughs> because there was one orbit because I uh, uh, well, uh, just the fairing was absolutely massive on and it was uh, I was using FAR because I hate myself. <laughs> uh, one to get it in Minmus orbit because that was my testing ground. And uh, one to uh, get enough fuel to land. Granted, I was borderline on getting it landed, so I could have probably done it if I did a suicide burn. But I wasn't good enough at uh, landings yet. Right. Granted, that di- that that thing did also give me enough time to. I I got I think eight or nine landings all within a kilometer of one another. Nice. That's pretty I mean, that's good. That's not bad for someone that uh, had just started playing. Yeah, no, that's pretty good for for a beginner. Um, but no, that's not my actual pick. We've been talking about KSP for like five minutes now, but that's not my actual pick. <laughs> that was that was the one that that yeah, you were like, no, it's gotten better. What? No, my actual pick is Space Engineers. 
Oh. I love Space Engineers. I, I mean, I, I really enjoy Minecraft, but, you know, as I've said before and we talked about earlier, I'm a sci-fi guy. You stick a sci-fi theme on something and that's automatically, like, two bonus points of liking for me. So, Space Engineers... So, it's a plus two of liking, got it. Yeah, plus two of liking. So, Space Engineers is roughly sci-fi Minecraft. It's got some different mechanics that are deeper than Minecraft's in some ways and uh, and things like that. But, I mean, basically, Space Minecraft. And I love that game, but God, was it buggy. And every update, they made it worse. They, they broke performance, uh, like... In, in fixing bugs and saying they were going to improve performance, they broke more things than they fixed, and they hurt performance repeatedly. And it just for a while it got unplayable. It was so bad. And then it was unplayable for me. On well, I also for me playable is you know pretty much sixty fps. I could have probably uh, played with you guys whenever you were playing it, but I just I was not going to have fun with it. Yeah, uh, and planets were just unplayable. That it was. 30 with everything turned down. Yeah. And that was before building anything. Yeah. Um, and eventually I got to that point. But, then but that's I got, also my, my CPU. But then I got... I mean, that ha- had to be. Yeah. But then I got my RX 480, which helped a lot. Because I had a decent CPU, but I didn't have a very good graphics card. So then I played it again for a while. But again, more updates, making the game worse, more broken, poor performance. Um, until eventually I just couldn't play it anymore. But it's been several months, and I've also had another massive PC upgrade with my uh, i7-4790. So I'll probably will give it another shot. I mean, there was just an update on Thursday. Yeah I'm, uh, yeah, I'm looking at the news on it, and there's been a lot of updates recently. I'm seeing if there's been a uh, talking about uh, uh, any up- or any fixes to it, because that's the thing. Updates are not fixes. No. <laughs> Particularly for Space Engineers. That is true. But, I mean, you know, I love Space Engineers. I've played it for over 100 hours with oftentimes sub-30 frame rates and things like that because... Yeah, see, that's literally unplayable for me. Because I just love it so much. And I love that idea and concept and and theme and style and just all of it. Just love it. Completely. Yeah, I'm just... I'm just looking at the uh, forums, and there's not a lot of people complaining about uh, uh, performance issues. Granted, that could just be uh, them pruning the forums. Because didn't they do that at one point? I don't think Space Engineers ever did that. I know there's been several uh, early access games that have done that. You know, people are complaining, oh, well, well, let's just delete that. Yeah, I mean, they may have, and I just am not remembering it. But I don't think they've ever done that. But, there, yeah, there have definitely been plenty of devs that have. Yeah, it doesn't look like there's a lot of people complaining about uh, performance, but then again, what is the uh, uh, player count on Space Engineers these days? Because that's the thing. Uh, don't know. I can go look. Well, I guess, yeah, I guess we could go find out, huh? Well, let's see. It is 2,000 right now. That's That's pretty okay. healthy. Actually, a lot more than I thought it was. Uh, with a, a today's peak of just right under 4,000. Granted, their all-time peak is uh, 23,000. Let's see. Uh, that that must Yeah, that must have been during a free weekend. It's got roughly the same numbers as KSB does. So Yeah, well, it's catering to about the same crowd as well. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just looking at this. Uh, looks, like, looks like they've had a pretty major drop-off just this year. Because they... Uh, 
let's see, December 2016. Yes, I realize that's not this year, but that's before, or the uh, winter sale. Uh, they were at 10,000 uh, uh, peak per day, and now they're at, I got the 2,000, 3,000 mark. And it looks like there's been a major drop-off just in the last few days. I'm not sure if that's another problem with performance or what. Who knows? I'll have to check it out. I'll probably play it this weekend. Wow, that's very different looking at this trailer. When The last time I was playing, they were just starting to add more weapons to the game. But this whole trailer makes it look almost like... Well, not all of it, but the first half of this trailer makes it look like a... Elite Dangerous? A, no, a shooter. But I do see some Elite Dangerous stuff in there. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I'll definitely have to play it some more. Check out some new yeah, mods. Maybe if... Uh, well, maybe after the summer when I... Uh, get my planned update, assuming nothing you know happens, of course. Uh, maybe I'll give it another shot. Uh, I probably want to do a uh, do it during a free weekend if they do another one, because yeah, I don't want to buy a game that I know I've had performance issues with. Yeah, without yeah knowing definitely uh, that will be uh, worthwhile because yeah, I don't, I I just don't like playing. Uh, really, uh, I could play below sixty if it's a constant. But below 30 is, yeah, definitely unplayable. Yeah, this game does not hold a constant frame rate very well unless you've got really powerful hardware. Even with my setup before the 4790K, mm-hmm. I was hard-pressed to get a constant frame rate. It would stay pretty consistently above 30 once I got the upgrades, but it was still all over the place. So hopefully they fix some of that. Yeah, Spaceman and I got really far in that. We started a base on the ground and, and you and Spaceman built all the way to space. We played that game. So really, Spaceman got to f- space. He did. Spaceman got to, to space. We played that game religiously for two or three months. Yep. Good times. Good times. I miss playing that game with friends. I did all of the all of the shipbuilding. I made that <laughs> massive like strip miner fucking huge just drug it along the ground and, and just dug up everything <laughs> but that that caused a lot of physics issues because it was so big like mm-hmm. it was too big to like really connect up to our base so it was next to impossible to unload and every time you'd hook it up shit would break and stuff would break anyways whenever you loaded the game because like if you load in and all the physics would fuck up and just stuff would explode well, this is the problem with early access games in general is that, you know, uh, they need to have a certain level of uh, playability to really get, you know, anyone to play them or to even buy the damn things. It's kind of the paradox of early access, actually, because early access is meant to, you know, be that early uh, play that, you know, playing a game in the alpha, well, usually I would say more in the beta stages than the alpha stages, technically. But, People look at betas now and think multiplayer stress tests. Yep. Because that's really what beta has turned into if you're a AAA developer is the uh, just that last stress test, you know, a week before the game launches. And there's no actual testing going on. And I don't think a lot of people understand just what beta really means or what alpha really means or even pre-alpha. They expect a certain level of polish on uh, these games that just really spends, they spend a lot more time getting to that point than uh, they probably should. 
I wonder how much early access actually slows down game development. Because they have to uh, get to a certain level of uh, polish. I know in uh, Prison Architect, there were several months when they were doing the monthly updates where they would do bug bashes, where they would take a month of just trying to fix all the bugs. And, you know, that that right there is three or four months worth of game development that was just spent bug testing and bug uh, uh, clearing on a game that is in active development. I mean, granted, I know the uh, uh, bug fixing is more of a constant thing during game development, and that uh, is uh, you know, takes place in all, pretty much all early access games, except the ones that are just dead in the water. But I wonder what the uh, how the uh, mindset change is for a game that is an early active early access uh, and actively on sale and is actually being played. Versus a game that is in about the same state development-wise, but it's not on sale yet. I don't know. Good question. If we if we ever find a game dev to interview, we should ask them that question. You mean uh, the one that I have locked up in my basement right now? Yeah, that one. <laughs> I'll get in touch with Taylor. He might know somebody that he could hook us up with. I still occasionally chat with him. Yeah, I feel a little bit bad about that episode just because he his uh, internet connection was very uh, sporadic. So I would jump in whenever he I heard a pause, and I would end up talking over him. Yeah, yeah, that's part of it. We talk over each other all the time here too. So not as bad as we used to. No, no, we've gotten a lot better at it, but we still do. Um, but so yeah, that was yeah. Good thing no one's uh, transcripting this. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I remember the Kerbalcast transcription uh, project. Yeah, boy, that that would uh, that would have been terrible. Yeah, that tanked hardcore that project. Anyways, yeah, we've been on on this tangent for a while now. Let's uh, go through the rest of Community Corner. <laughs> okay, well, uh, the question of the week this week was: If esports did become an Olympic sport, which game or games? should be included. Let's see, we had Groove uh, popping his head out of his grate and saying Dark Souls speedruns. Kim is saying Decker Dancer Dance Mat Coda runs. I know what some of those words mean. And let's see, Jim says Rocket League, although I think speedrunning classic games would also be cool. And I think speedrunning uh, would actually be an interesting Olympic sport. I agree, because speedrunning, I mean, uh, there's... Uh, a lot of different aspects involved in speedrunning that don't come up in other types of gameplay. So, And also very particular moves and uh, tricks that they talk about saving frames or saving a second in their overall run. Yeah. Uh, there, there was a, a video that hit Reddit uh, just in the last week or so talking about the speedrunning of Super Mario Bros. 3 and how because this one guy was playing on the Wii Virtual Console that was running at uh, 59, uh, 50, uh, 58, 59 uh, frames per second instead of 60 like the old uh, uh, NES. Yes, a console that ran at 60 FPS. Uh, he was losing over the course of his run something like two or three seconds. Just little things like that that uh, yeah makes really no difference. Uh, overall, but whenever you get into speedrunning, and actually one of my favorite things to watch in Awesome Games Done Quick 
is some of the classic games on the speedrun races where you can see that yeah the progress between these two people especially whenever they have very different styles so that would be a very interesting thing granted I, that's something for the really 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 hardcore geek and I don't think would really translate well to the general audience yeah maybe maybe not I don't know who knows it uh, might once again it probably uh, uh, also depends on the game uh, I think a, a, a speed run of like Super Mario Brothers one, yeah, one of the classics, may resonate more than Dark Souls. Yeah. Sorry, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's good. I hadn't considered speed running, but I think speed running is probably honestly the best answer. Yeah, either that or Rocket League, because that's a very simple game. Even though I'm sure Chemist's whatever that is for Nicker Dancer would be interesting to watch. Even though I have no idea what that is. Yeah. I don't know. I either. mean, since he mentioned Dance Mad, I imagine it's, you know, you know, someone on a Dance Mad, you know, Dance Dance Revolution style. And let's see, our tweets this week, we had two from Chemist. Uh, we should, uh, totes, uh, have an original DS game club. Uh, this plays Aram, so it counts. <laughs> and he showed a uh, hacked uh, uh, Nintendo DS, which yeah, uh, handheld does count as uh, emulation, pretty much all the way up to current hardware, right? Uh, yeah. I don't know if how many 3DS is there a 3DS emulator? I'm not sure. It's something I haven't checked on. And then let's see, chemists. Uh, don't know about uh, my PC. Well, well my is and me. But I do know of two towers where airplane mode was completely unnecessary, and damn! <laughs> Making a nine eleven joke. <laughs> uh, I'm going to hell for that. I mean, uh, damn, son. <laughs> too soon. Too soon. Oh. Well, we just lost the Deep South as our, <laughs> uh, as our listener base, and New York, and maybe Washington. But then again, I'm sure Washington doesn't like us to begin with. Yeah, probably not. Uh, but that is the community corner. If you uh, and I should remember to uh, do the outro for this. If you have uh, any uh, letters for us, you could email them to us at vglpodcast at gmail dot com or our Twitter is vglpodcast on Twitter. Indeed. So now with that out of the way, let's move on to our discovery queue. Yep. Discovery Q with Doobity Doo. Go for the theme song. <laughs> Alright. I need my Q pulled up here. Yep. Let's see. I get vanquished right off the bat. Uh, a, uh, uh essentially arcade, uh, score attack shooter. Uh, Graded, I'm not sure if I would, uh, really pick this up myself because it. Supposedly a very short game, and I love uh, the. Uh, it has a lot of replay value in you know being your high score, but that's about it. But I'm I don't think I'm the audience for this game, so I'll put it on there anyway. So I got, and I think you took your name off the discovery queue list when you cleaned it out. Oh, whoops, my bad. Because I was just adding a vanquish, and I don't oh, see you here. 
Well, my first game that popped up, this looks interesting. It's called Landless. It's, uh, of course, a early access survival crafting game. Oh, and I guess I should say, uh, 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 we should also probably mention uh, how this game is relevant to you. For me, it uh, gave it to me because of Space Marine and Just Calls 2. Okay. For Vanquish. Okay. Uh, but so yeah, Landless is a survival crafting game, but it looks like you're crafting a, a, a boat. So you've got like this boat base that you build off of and you have to keep your boat going and go find food and fish and all kinds of stuff. It looks pretty neat. And I mean, I'm a sucker for survival crafting stuff, so I'm going to put this on my list. And it showed up because I like games uh, tagged with survival uh, and RPG. Which is, which is true. I've got a lot of those games in my list. Whoops. Type it in the wrong spot. Landless. Yeah, I'm going to take a look at a couple of these. Put that in my wish list. Okay, so... Uh, Lindhook, this is a roguelite, uh, platformer, and it looks like you're moving around with a, essentially the hook shot from Legend of Zelda a lot, which, uh, also it looks like some, uh, well, bullet hell aspects to it as well, or perhaps bullet hell, I'll, uh, drop a link in the show notes so you can take a look at it. Okay. It has a pixel art style that is uh, very reminiscent of, uh, I would say, early 90s uh, uh, platformers. Uh, very colorful. But you can see a lot of uh, bullets on screen. <laughs> and uh, both friendly and uh, uh, unfriendly. So it's going to be a bullet hell uh, platformer, which is interesting. And it, they're giving me to the, this because I played half, hashtag Dungeon and Curia, which I don't recognize that. It uh, looks like it's a, a, a random uh, review copy that I got at some point. <laughs> cool. Uh, Doesn't look bad, though. So I've got Star Merchant. Uh, this is a galactic trading sim game. Looks like it really focuses on the trading bit and not like ship flying or anything so mostly menus which I I can dig that I can dig that hardcore um so that's definitely gone on my list it was recommended to me because I've played uh many many space games many down here on the <laughs> sidebar quite a few so yeah put that on my list Star Merchant. Alright. Oh, this is interesting looking. I'm... It's called Kindergarten. Uh, I'm, I'm going to read the little blurb. Welcome to Kindergarten. Have fun trying to uh, learn to share and not die. That's important too. <laughs> In school, that uh, it's not just quite right. It's important to be friendly and take out those who aren't. All right. It looks like it's a survival puzzle game. All right. Uh, 
I just dropped it on the uh, show notes so you can take a look at it. Uh, once again, pixel art, or at least it looks pixel arty. Right. And it's an interesting concept, at least. It's in early access right now, and they're giving me this because I played Party Hard. Which is about the same concept of uh, trying to take out people that are unfriendly. Well, only in Party Hard, it's literally everyone. <laughs> oh, hey, Kindergarten just showed up in my Discovery queue. Ah. <laughs> All right. Is uh, and it looks like uh, you also uh, uh, it's well it's not just uh, party hard ish where you know it you're trying to kill everyone but it's also you're getting warnings because one of the screenshots shows you didn't take the janitor's warning uh, don't take the janitor's warning lightly sorry it has that kind of crayon font on it so it's a little hard to read. So it's one of those that, you know, it's a puzzle game. It's interesting. So like Farm World. Also, it's a $5 game. So, you know, it's on the budget end of things. Nice. So, yeah, this game is called Farm World. It looks like the old, old, like, farming tycoon or farming sim whatever game. Uh, it's like Sim Farm, Sim Farmer, something like that. That's what this oh, game well, looks like. What? Well, well, you who have my attention. If it's uh, like Sim Farm, because I like Sim Farm. Let me look up Sim. Uh, that, that's another. That's another weakness of mine is uh, farming games. Uh, and uh, even though I never played uh, Farming Simulator, I do like my Stardew Valley. Yeah, this looks uh, okay. So Sim Farm is not the game that I'm thinking of, although it still appears to be pretty similar. Ah. Um. I know I played a farming game when I was a kid that looked like this. Well, there... <laughs> what? I'm sorry, but uh, this amuses me. Uh, it's uh, suggested to be uh, Marvel's uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, the Telltale game. Yeah. Uh, this is... Uh, uh, how's this game relevant to you? Well, you uh, liked Life is Strange. Yeah, because, and we mentioned how Life is Strange is not like Telltale. <laughs> and that just abused me. Yeah. I'm not going to put this on the list because, yeah, it's it's very niche. I'm going to put Farm World on the list, I think. I'm going to I'm gonna check this out. At first, I was like, nah, I don't want this. I lived on a farm when I was a kid, but it looks all right. Looks like we got a good list this week. Uh, I think you're going to love this last one. Okay. Uh, th- let's just put it this way. This is going on your wish list. Alright, I guarantee you this right now. Okay. Link's up. Oh, Tomboys Need Love 2 is already on my wish list. I don't see it on here for you. Oh, you know what? It's not. I must have accidentally not added it. Because I saw it. Oh, no, no, no. I know what it is. I requested this game on Keymailer. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> I'll put it on my wish list though in case I don't it, get it. it. It's interesting looking. I'm not sure if it's going to be any good or not, but it's a, a visual novel that has a nice art style on it. It, it says that there's going to be uh, five different endings, which is you know, a lot more than what a lot of visual novels on Steam has. Yeah. That's something I've noticed that a lot of visual novels are either very uh, linear, very kinetic... Or their choices aren't uh, doesn't matter too much. It 
does look like it's uh, has some very dark elements on it, though. Uh, particularly a couple of these screenshots, which is interesting. And I do have to wonder if they're doing the uh, the adult patch uh, approach because some of these are uh, uh, censored screenshots. Yeah, the the steam and the uh, shower uh, style, you know. Yeah, I hope so. I like adult patches. Yeah, I bet you love uh, 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 the tank game now. All right, uh, but it's uh, usually you don't see a lot of tomboys in uh, visual novels as well. So, um, granted, I'm not sure if they're taking the trap approach where it's you know it's actually a boy or if it's you know just a, a boyish girl because usually it's uh, very uh, uh, girly girls, you know. Yeah. Even whenever it's a situation where you'd expect more of a, a tomboy, it's usually still the girly girls. So it's. It's interesting to see a different style of uh, a romance game because that's well, that's what they're calling this is a romance, and the fact that they're also leaning on some of the more darker elements. Granted, I'm not sure if uh, this tag is uh, uh, the uh, uh, developer or if it's you know just someone having a laugh, but they do have the psychological horror uh, tag on this, and there's not anything here that really screams out uh, joke tags as well, so. Maybe this is actually going to be a, a true, you know, you know, kind of a little bit of a mindfuck thing. And it is also on the cheaper side of the visual novels. I'm I'm done with my Discovery queue, but I just discovered something yeah, outside th- yeah, of this that. Was, yeah, yeah, this was my last Discovery queue game. Okay. Stay, stay. Democratic People's Republic of Korea. Made <laughs> by the same people who did Panzer models. Go to North Korea... Be a tourist. Don't get arrested. Yeah, I kind of uh, requested a review copy of that. One of the screenshots, you're, I guess, having a romance, a romantic scene with one of the girls, and the yeah, devs are very I, I cheekily named themselves Donald Trump. <laughs> Normally, I think I'd get mad at that, but like this game, I'm like, I see what you did there, you cheeky bastards. That's also. It seems like uh, well. Uh, yeah, it's just that uh, Panzer models uh, that uh, that they've developed, but uh, it, it's also a uh, take on another uh, uh, visual novel. Or do you know it? What is? What's it take? On? You don't know the you don't know the uh, joke that they're making with the uh, well, the, well, the other joke that they're making with the uh, 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 the title. How? I'm disappointed in you. I don't know what you're talking with. Go go Nippon, my first trip to Japan. Ah, okay. I see that. I see that. You, you, I'm disappointed that you didn't get that immediately. Nope, didn't catch it. I'm very sorry. Didn't catch it. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not real good at subtleties, okay? I think we've had this discussion before over something that was in Gogomipon. Yeah, you're subtle as a sledgehammer. Yeah. So yeah, that's Discovery Q. Considering how much you love your visual novels, I'm uh, just shocked that you didn't remember that. I love all visual novels. Yeah, and occasionally even a good one. Every once in a while, yeah. 
I think they're they're all good in my heart and in my penis. Oh boy. Especially my penis. Well, it does explain why you like the short ones. Wink. I like them all, baby. All right. Well, that's... Oh, as we lost all our viewers now. That's Discovery Q for the week. <laughs> I wonder if it counts as sexual harassment if Amy hears me talk about my penis on the podcast. I don't think so, because it's outside of work. Well, I guess we're going to find out the hard way. Penis, 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 penis. Anyways. And you completely ignored my subtle joke. Yep. Alrighty. Well... Now that we're done with that, let's move on to the portion of the podcast where I go first, which is where I talk about my stuff. So I scheduled every single episode of Divinity that I have rendered and uploaded, so all the way up through episode 32. So how many weeks is that? Two weeks. Oh, two? Yeah. Uh, So you're basically doing one a day? Yeah, except for Fridays for the podcast. Ah. So... Well, considering what I was planning, this may throw a wrench into things. Why? What were you planning? Well, I didn't think you were going to do that much. I was, uh, well, no, we'll talk about that when I get to uh, my portion. Okay. But, so yeah, there's that. Uh, and then I've got a couple of other projects that I've started working on. I did some uh, some audio testing yes or last night for a couple of things that I want to do, but I'm not ready to talk about those yet. Uh, and I'm putting together a list of classic or not classic but like ps2 titles that i want to emulate and play and do some stuff with uh xsplit's latest update allows it to capture a wider variety of of content on your screen and it can now easily quickly grab the emulator uh and just record that and it looks way better recorded than it does when i'm playing it so i don't know if it just hooks in (laughs) and gets it like directly or I don't know. I don't know what it does, but it looks better recorded than it does when I play it, so that's nice. Uh, but, see, so yeah, I'm putting together a list of games. One in particular that I will talk about is uh, a Naval Ops. Like, I mean, I've talked about the game oh boy, here we multiple go again. times, multiple times on the podcast, so I won't go into the game, but I was thinking, like, you know, I've played this game, like, front to back a dozen times. I should do, like, I don't know if it's going to be like a tutorial series or just like a straight up let's play or what, but I definitely want to do some content in that. Uh, and that's where I did most of my testing for audio and, and visual quality. So there's some of that coming. Uh, I'm now doing Keymailer or like, uh, just like you do. So hopefully yeah. I'll get some more copies to do some reviews on and some let's play stuff. I'll definitely be talking about all of them on the podcast, but I don't, I don't want to waste well, my... Well, on a strong... Oh, well, Graham, you got in on probably the worst time because, you know, it's just before E3 and the Steam sale, so there's not a lot going on with Keymailer, but yeah, maybe over the course of the next month, uh, you'll start seeing a lot more stuff. Yeah. At least in theory. Yeah. I'm not I'm not going to do individual videos on Smash Pixel Racing and Captain K-On, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I didn't like Captain K-On, so I'm not going to waste my time with that. And Smash Pixel is so short. I don't know, I could probably do a video in five minutes or less and really convey everything about Smash Pixel, so I might do something related to that, but no promises. I got other projects that I want to do that are higher up See on my list. you Katie into uh, uh, joining you. That would be fun. <laughs> That'd be fun. Um, but so yeah, that's what's coming up on my channel over the next couple of weeks and things that I'm working on that hopefully will be ready in the next few weeks to start putting up. 
Uh, and if you want to go see that content, you can do so over on YouTube by searching for Gaming Psychologist. If you want to follow me on Twitter, where you can see all the things that I tweet about, you can do so at JMA4707. Uh, if you want to watch me stream games, which streams are coming back this week, uh, they were supposed to come back last week, and then I had to do something that I forgot about, but then it didn't matter because my power went out. <laughs> the power went off at like 8.58 and didn't come back on until almost midnight. I wish we were streaming last week just so I could get those angry uh, texts. Yeah. So... I can just imagine, you know, uh, <laughs> all the anger. Yep. I was still pretty oh. pissed off anyways. It's like, really? <laughs> I now live in the middle of town and the fucking power goes out? Oh, uh, well, my power went out. Uh, not, I don't think it was Friday, but uh, I had my Bluetooth uh, speaker plugged in and it fried it. Yeah. Either that or it just happened to die uh, yeah, shortly afterwards. So I'm in the middle of uh, talking to the uh, uh, customer support to see if uh, you know, uh, I could get a new one. Uh, my poor speaker. Yep. But so anyways, if you want to watch me stream games on Twitch, you can do so over at twitch.tv slash jarthur4707. And if you want to be my friend on Steam, my username is jarthur4707. I accept all friend requests because all of you people are lovely people and I'd love to talk to you. And if you add them... The password for this week, just to confuse the hell out of them, is platypus. Oh, platypus. Platypus. Great animal, the platypus. <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, one of those animals that people thought was uh, fake whenever the scientist was originally sending it back. <laughs> what the hell is this? I mean, I don't blame people for being skeptical of that. But, all right, what about your stuff? Oh, uh, well, this is going to be a chaotic week, because I'm... Unless I really get the urge to play it, I'm done with Halo. Uh, at, which is a little bit of a shame, because I was so close to finishing it. You know, probably you know, three or four episodes, but I just, I just have no urge to play it. And I'm just hating it more and more as I go on. Right. So, yeah, uh, Halo's pretty much done. So that means probably going to figure out what I'm going to be playing tonight. To, uh, and depending on, you know, if I need to, if I could rush it out, I may do an episode of it uh, this week or I'll uh, talk about it next week if, for whatever I figure out. RimWorld uh, Dingy is still ongoing. It just passed episode 70. I don't know how, <laughs> but damn. Yeah, I saw that go up, and I was like, geez, 70 episodes. <laughs> I am completely through my name list. My name list is 26, 27 people, <laughs> and I've covered them all in this ep- in this uh, series. Granted, a couple of them did get kidnapped, and I've had a few deaths, but I'm up to... 13, 14 people in my active colony now. So I need to figure out what to do. Uh, well, first of all, the nameless, because, you know, I'm out of names. So I may just uh, grab some more, you know, get some uh, the Twitch streamers I watch and uh, some YouTubers I watch and be done with it. But if there's anyone that, want to be, that wants to be on the nameless, <laughs> well, 
Uh, now's a good time because I, I don't have a lot of people on it. Actually, I have no people left on it. Either that or I'm just going to start doing like, yeah, Spaceman the second. <laughs> Spaceman Jr. Yeah, well, well, he did get kidnapped, so I guess he could have just been, uh, yeah, uh, just uh, dragged off to the, a colony somewhere and raped. <laughs> and just end up uh, uh, recruiting a son. <laughs> you could do Mini Shark. <laughs> uh, true. I, uh, but then, you know, the horrible death of Mini Shark may uh, not go ever well with uh, Ghost Shark. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. But uh, yeah, uh, RimWorld uh, has stabilized <laughs> pretty much, even though I do have an interesting uh, event going on in the last episode. Volcanic Winter. Oh, fun. Which is one I haven't encountered yet. <laughs> so I'm basically, well, I have a good food supply right now, but I'm scrambling to try to get greenhouses uh, up and running uh, enough to uh, live off of completely. Because, yeah, that is going to cut down on power because I use solar uh, uh, generators still. And, well, obviously, you know, it's going to be tough to grow outside whenever, you know, it's a lot colder. Oh, and I'm also going into winter as well. <laughs> so, uh, volcanic winter, winter. So, in other words, get the parkas, boys. It's going to be cold outside. And let's see... Uh, and, uh, Divinity, I was thinking about just skipping this week and, uh, waiting to start releasing stuff next week to get more back episodes. Because right now we only have one spare episode. Especially since someone is going to Texas and they didn't tell me about it until two and a half hours ago. It was about like three hours ago at this point. Well, I'm just looking at the timer. And uh, remember, I was chattering away for a while. Well, actually, you said it before I started chattering away. So, yeah, I guess uh, three hours. But, yeah, you know, get some more back episodes. And it also gives you another week to catch up. So, it'll put you uh, uh, just probably a few episodes behind then. I mean, I can... So, it may not be a bad idea. I can not publish... Uh, no, 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 no. I was, no, I was saying that it would give you more time to catch up. So, you're not as far behind. Oh, uh, Okay. So it works out better for you now that I really sit down and think about it. I, so I, th- I think it's a better idea to hold off for Devandi and start it up next week. All right. And, of course, the Sunday Sampler, which has all sorts of random stuff. I may do a visual novel this week. I don't know. It really depends if I get anything interesting in the next day or two. Because I have gotten a few interesting visual novels. <laughs> <laughs> Created no tomboys uh, need love. But still, uh, a few interesting things. And you'll find all of that, including the po- this particular podcast, on Gaming with Caffeine Rage. Or if you want us to see me tweet somewhat randomly about various things that anger me usually, you can find me over at Gaming with CR on Twitter. Oh, uh, well, in uh, speaking of Twitter, you can find us once again over on Twitter, VGL uh, Podcast, or email us, VGLPodcast at gmail.com with your letters, voicemails, and gaming related subjects. If you wish to help pay for this absolute nonsense, you could uh, give us some money on Patreon, patreon.com slash VGL Podcast. And if you're for some reason not on our RSS feed, 
You find us over at bglpodcast.podbean.com or uh, we're also on iTunes or Google Play. Our intro and outro music is On the Ground by Kevin McLeod, and you can find his work at Incomputech.com, as well as doobly-doo on the same website. And as always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice, bye-bye now. Uh, see ya. Bye-bye. <laughs>